Hello, Guardians, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Guardians Ghostcast. The following content is going to be of an explicit nature. Just as a forewarning, viewer discretion is advised. Coming at you live from the depths of the moon in the heart of the hive Scarlet Keep. Tonight, your hosts are Truth Lives, Sweaty Spooks, and King Kai. Joined by our guest, the store of lore, the scribe of Sabathun himself. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for tonight's guest, Elamist. Oh my god. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> like i got some real like good morning vietnam vibes there oh yeah oh yeah damn right because most people are gonna hear it probably on their way to work so you know gonna get them hyped up for the day yeah <laughs> fuck that fuck that <laughs> hey come on I, oh, I i i listen to the very little podcast that i actually listen to um walking to work every day so yeah <laughs> Oh, well, not only that, but uh, some of our listeners out there may have noticed that we haven't been around for the past couple of weeks because life happens. And I'm sure we'll get into that later. But yes, all of us are very happy to be here. Yes. It's good to be, good to be back after the uh, couple week hiatus. Mm, I agree. I agree. What do you what do you got there, Truth? What, he's showing us something in the webcam. We don't know what's going on. Venus, Venus, man, come on, postcards. Let's fucking Venus, go. Venus, Venus, oh, yeah. Venus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a postcard from the Ishtar Collective. Yep. Ah. From my we, uh, collector set. Mark. We have a little inside joke in this show from whenever we had Elmer Fudd. Um, we get into talks of Venus, and then we just said it in a fucked up way and just went Venus, 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 which eventually translated to penis, penis, penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> or your Manti slider. Come on. You can't forget uh, oh, yes. that slider. That's right. Big dick energy <laughs> Manti slider. <laughs> oh, man. All well, right. Real quick, All right. How's everybody been doing this week? I'm just curious to know how everybody's been doing. But we'll start with you, uh, Elamist. How's your week been? It's been really good. Uh, I just started a new job, so I'm just getting the hang of things there. Mm. Like, this was my first week. Damn. Damn. Fresh. Sweet. Yeah. Subway, eat fresh. Sorry. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> First thing that came to my mind for some reason. I don't know why. You supply it, I'll bite it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's all right. Truth is just like an old racehorse. He's strong right out of the gates in 45 minutes. He'll have his head laying down on the desk. <laughs> it's just yeah, just about. That's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> so what I about spiked you, coffee, man. The spiked coffee. Yeah, my ass uh, spiked with sugar. oh shit how about you Kai how's your week been buddy uh started out pretty bad you know I I was sick the first couple days Monday and Tuesday so Mm. it was it was terrible but all better now and we're back here so it could only get better yeah yep 100% Oh, well, truth, please enlighten me. How's your week been? Busy, man. I'm telling you, I had uh, my supervisor was out for almost most of the week on vacation because that jackass had to take vacation. Um, Oh, you wouldn't be busy. (laughs) Not you. (laughs) So I'm busy covering two different jobs plus my own jobs. Because we're also we've uh, one of our drivers quit, so I'm also covering his job. So making my life difficult i pulled a 21 hour day not because of work but i pulled 21 hours of being awake on tuesday because i had no other reason to be alive or awake for that reason yeah work was long i went to work at three in the morning or at least got to the parking lot anyways got the truck our truck uh pre-tripped and loaded and then headed out to a a mine site that was like three hours away because i had to be there by 6 45 for a stupid fucking class that's three hours to four hours of my life i didn't need to sit in um yeah and then i had to go back into the mine site after i got done with the stupid class to go pick up some crap and bring it back home yeah stupid stupid but yeah that was tiring fantastic that's 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 great that's pretty great you hard-working man providing for your family your wife and children tiresome (laughs) (laughs) get used to it you know, they say they always tell you when you're when you're growing up, you know, kid, just have kids. It's it's fun. Bullshit. It's fucking lies, man. That's some lies. <laughs> at times they're fun, but at times it's like, what the fuck did I do this for? Why? But you can't lie to us on this. You're enjoying every second of it. True. I do enjoy kids, man. It's fun. I love my daughter. She keeps me busy. Second one should be here actually really quickly, actually. June twenty second or twenty first is what she said. Is what we're supposed to do. Oh, right around the corner. Yeah, so right around the fucking corner. At any point in time, I could be getting a phone call, and my wife would be like, "Um, so I'm gonna go to the hospital. I'm gonna be having my baby." I'm like, "Well, fuck me. I gotta drop work now." And that'll be the moment that uh, Truth is having a mental breakdown, decided to get drunk for once, and is just puking out in the middle of the fucking garden, <laughs> falling against the house. Like, uh, I can't right now, honey. Uh, I'm having a mental breakdown. I'm about to be a dad again. <laughs> Fuck, I will be I will not be as nervous as I was that first time. Holy fucking shit. I was white faced the entire way through. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, you would have thought I was a ghost. All. I remember the uh the call oh not 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 the calls, the fucking test chats between me and you during that time. I knew you were fucking nervous. Dude, I was about to piss myself just sitting there waiting. Cause my wife was induced. She wasn't, you know, wasn't normal labor of course so 
Yeah. It was weird. It was really weird. But man, fuck, sitting in that hospital set for like we didn't get out of the week. Yeah, we it was she didn't have a baby until ten o'clock. It was five in the morning when we got there. It was over twelve hours we were waiting in that hospital. It fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Exactly the exact same experience. I've been there. <sighs> How's your week? Well, last weekend, uh, I, oh man, I was having the time of my life. Um, <clears throat> every year, me and my old man, uh, my dad, we get together with a group of his friends that were around for me whenever I was growing up. And um, we get together to honor a fallen friend uh, named Bill McFarlane. Uh, he died from cancer whenever I was just a, a young man coming up in life, trying to find my way. Um, 2004 is whenever he would have passed away. But anyways, um, so every year, my dad and quite a few others, I think there'd be about maybe a total of anywhere between seven to ten of us, and there could be more coming and going throughout the days. But we get together and go camping on a camping trip for a whole weekend. Um, I took that Friday... Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday off. I didn't have to take Monday off because in Canada it was Victoria Day. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, so we went uh, camping. It was a beautiful day when we arrived. Um, let me see. I got to do some quick translations here for our American friends because all my Canadians will know what Celsius to fucking Fahrenheit conversations are like. So let's say 23, let's see, 2... Fahrenheit, so it would have been about 73 degrees Fahrenheit on uh, that Friday whenever we arrived at the campground. Um, I brought a tent. Thankfully, I didn't need it because it was kind of a big tent, and I didn't feel like setting it up and tearing it back down. Uh, there was two campers that we brought. Um, there was a full cooler of apple pie moonshine, which was fucking delicious, and I still have Ooh. some in the fridge. Um I brought some straight moonshine and I also brought two bottles of Kahlua moonshine. Uh, and we had like infinite, endless amounts of beer. Nobody had to go and make another liquor run, which is the first time that we went camping and somebody didn't have to go and make a booze run. So we came with everything that we needed for this trip, which was fucking amazing. Um, and also the week before, my dad fixed the brakes on my car. Uh, so I decided to give him an uh, early Father's Day present. I went and got him a nice quart of uh, Jim Beam whiskey, good old straight Kentucky bourbon, and uh, a case of Miller Lite beer, because that's his favorite type of beer. And uh, yeah, we just got together and barbecued and ate and fucking hung out. Some of the other guys get stoned. I didn't because I'm staying away from it. Um, one sec, I have to sneeze. Terrible timing. At least I got to the mute button in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty great. We uh, we had the spot right by the water. Uh, I live in a place called Prince Edward Island. Uh, so with us being an island, we are surrounded by water, mean, meaning beach, just about everywhere as you go. It's fantastic in the summer. Um, so we're at the top of this cliff overlooking the water. Um, sun's going down. It's a beautiful sight. Like the, the small trickles of clouds that are in the sky are going pink with how the light's going. And the next two days, 
Well, it rained. But I'll tell you, we never let that fire go out, boys. <laughs> she stayed lit the whole fucking time. <laughs> nice. Bunch of fucking drunk guys just taking an axe to all this wood that we brought, two truckloads of it, just smashing it into uh kindling pieces and we had a ton of beer boxes just to for fire starter and we had lots of like actual logs to throw in there so we kept that fire going like the entire trip um actually we we technically had two fire pits we <laughs> went over to the preceding sites next to us and stole both of their fire pits and stacked them to make kind of like it almost looked like a world war ii nuclear warhead um kind of made ourselves an an, 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 uh, an oven I guess, if you will, uh, kept the fire going inside of there. So that way the, the, the metal would heat up and just radiate heat uh, and you wouldn't get cold. And it succeeded in doing that. Um, yeah, we just had barbecue and all that fun stuff. It, it was fantastic. Um, so I also took the preceding Tuesday and Wednesday off for uh, I'll call insurance recovery days. But I was very good this year. Um, I didn't get sick at all. Uh, which is amazing considering I've drank like four bottles of apple pie moonshine, a uh, bottle of straight moonshine. I, I don't even know how many beers and like wasn't even too drunk the whole time. I was I was good, but I was also making sure to keep up on my fluids, Gatorade and water, uh, making sure to eat food. And if I started feeling a little bit too much, I eased off. So, uh, yeah, it was great. And um Went back to work, let's say, Thursday, and that was a shit show. Um, it was like all the issues were waiting for me to come back because all the wrong people were doing my job. <laughs> uh, and for Elamista, I know some of our listeners may already know, but for Elamista, I work in the medical industry. Um, I operate a machine that labels... <sighs> reagent basically is what it's called so we make diagnostic kits if you ever went to the doctor to get tested for anything and the test is done outside of the body be it diabetes covid test kits for example i make all that stuff um okay i know my machine very well uh basically it just labels bottles and then that bottle goes into a cold room assemblers will take the pallet of bottles put it into a kit put the kid into a shipper shipper goes out the door, goes out to the client. Um, so my role is pretty important because if I don't label something correctly, we can have legal repercussions for those types of things. Um, <clears throat> somebody who's not technically trained was working my machine. The two days that I wasn't there, whenever I came back, it all fucking went to shit. So I spent the whole shift just trying to get it back to where it should have been. Uh, thankfully, Friday was a great day, and um, for this morning, today being Saturday, um, well, I guess now for me, it's the next day, because I'm ahead of time of you guys, but 29th of Saturday, um, I had to go in to do the clean room where they dispense the reagent, and like, I don't mean just like clean your room, I mean like sanitize and not just like sanitizing wipes, like to the point where they measure the microbial levels within the room to make sure that the reagent that we're dispensing is not going to get contaminated. Um, it's like severe. You got to put on a full like fucking white suit and everything. 
it's pretty it's a big deal <laughs> so went in and did that and uh that's all i had to do for this morning thankfully but anyways that was my week damn <laughs> sorry i just took up 15 minutes of explaining my week there <laughs> oh it's all good like that i feel like i went on a roller coaster ride <laughs> yeah yeah it, i mean you know we it was really nice to get that break because whenever everything shut down um last year like people weren't going to get the regular checkups or anything we hit a slow period um and of course in the medical industry when there's a slow period because people can't go get their checkups what happens as soon as the floodgates open? It's a flood. <laughs> so we're trying to catch up now, and we're $1.7 million behind orders, which means we're working to the fucking bone to get caught up for our clients. Um, so to have that break was much needed, and it was very nice. Good. Yeah. Well, truth, shall we start yeah. our interview questions? Absolutely. Awesome. So, Elmas, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I'm a 32-year-old single nerd living in the D.C. metro area. Um, so, ladies, hit me up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a gamer, comic book nerd. I like movies, TV shows, especially, like, B-rated movies where they're not great, but they're not absolutely horrible. Like a few movies like um, that. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I kind of like shows that are like that. Like, um, I know that me and Truth, when we started talking, we really hit off on, on this show because it's a show I fucking love. Um, Stargate SG-1, uh, not a lot of people are, like, big on it, but we are. <laughs> I haven't actually sat down and watched that yet. Mm, um, good show, good show. It's on my list. It takes list. a while. Yeah. It takes a while to get into it. First season's kind of eh, but after that it gets better. <clears throat> I still love the first season. I love the character I mean, development of it, everything about that well, show, yeah. especially Teal'c. The oh, awkward guy. That's fucking <laughs> badass. I love when he does cameos on Atlantis. That was a good one, too. I like when he tries joking because he doesn't understand what humor is. Um, give you yes, a, small, a small background idea of this mm. character, Teal'c, without spoiling much. Um, essentially, he was considered a slave at one point for... A person who is a carrier for a symbiote, which kind of looks like a, a snake. Snake. Yeah, this uh, symbiote requires a host in order to live. And when it does, it takes control of your nerves, uh, your nervous system, and takes over your body. So you're mentally aware and watching and seeing everything that's happening with zero control of what's going on. Um, <clears throat> so they're a race called the Gua'uld. They consider themselves to be gods. And that's why they enslave people to do their bidding. Tilk was um, a military fashion slave. Um, 
so because he was a military fashion slave, he has no idea about humor. And eventually he breaks free because he wants his people to be free. And when he tries and just makes a joke, it's fucking hilarious because he just doesn't know what's funny. <laughs> well, no, he has humor. He has humor. Do you remember the episode when he makes that joke? He actually makes a joke, but nobody understands it because they're not Jaffa. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that episode? That was a good I one. think so. Yeah. Oh, such a good episode. <laughs> Anyways, Ty over here is bored as fuck right now. <laughs> Not necessarily, it's just not quite interested, because let's face it, I've never been able to get into it. Ever. My dad couldn't so. get into it either, so. Oh, yeah. right. Well, Elemist, let's see here. Uh, how did you get your start in gaming? Uh, honestly, I like, I was a sick kid, and, it, like, just constantly home because I was ill. Yeah. Uh, so my parents bought a Nintendo and I would sit there for hours playing. Like the original Super Mario Brothers and yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, not fuck yeah that you were sick, but the game choice. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Damn, cold hearted, man. <laughs> I'll get you back for that truth. I'll I'll get you. Hey man. <laughs> uh so what what are some of your other hobbies besides gaming? Uh like I mentioned, I watch movies, TV shows. Um but most of my time is playing Destiny. Mm. Like, okay, well, real quick on that, the TV shows and movies and stuff. Like, give a specific genre you you stay towards, like sci-fi, fantasy. Uh, mostly sci-fi or or supernatural kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, I love the show Chuck. Such a um, good show. That, right. Um. <laughs> And and I I watch comedies as well like Grubs. Hell yeah! Hilarious, hilarious show. It does not hold up. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, I I've I tried to go back to watch it recently, and it was not as good as I remember. What is it called? Grubs. 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 What the fuck God. is this? You know, scrub mentality, but like nothing to do with destiny. Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did okay, Google just gives me a bunch of grub like larva images. I don't need that. It's not grubs, it's scrubs. What? I heard like the grubs. Okay. Like medical professionals scrubs. wearing scrubs. Yeah. Thank you. I, I it, was trying to find it. There we go. Cause it's it's literally just about a show about a bunch of doctors trying to survive <laughs> working in a hospital. With with uh, some kind of psycho uh, co-workers. <laughs> like <Okay>. the janitor. <laughs> they literally never gave him a name because the one time they actually gave him a name, five seconds later, somebody else comes across and, and says, oh, hey, somebody with a different name. 
so quite literally, you have no idea what the guy's name is. Yep. And that is actually that's a plot sketchy. point for different episodes. That's sketchy. <laughs> that's some sketchy shit. Um, there was also a well, point where, like, he got fired, and he just kept showing up to work. Yeah. And he so he told the payroll lady, oh, yeah, uh, I think you forgot my paycheck. So he just got paid, even though he was fired, and, like, it, he was an awesome character. But it's like, he did a lot of sketchy shit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Janitor did, but he was still one of the best characters, though. Oh, yeah. The entire first season, like, he didn't really interact with any of the char- other characters. So they were originally uh, going with the idea that he was going to be a figment of the main character's imagination. Yeah, that's what it should have been, but uh, they changed it because uh fan base, you know, just wanted more interaction with him. Oh, yeah. Because they love the character. Um, All right. I used to really, uh, I used to be really into Dexter at one point. That was a good one. Yeah. Did uh, I? I never actually finished the uh, finished the series though, but it was good. Yeah. Um, I actually got to speak to him one day. Uh, I was working for Apple at one point when the iPhone 4S was just being dropped. And um, he had his assistant call in. And of course, they got to tier two. Um, and then he just got tired of hearing information be put between me and his assistant. So he just grabbed the phone and I got to talk to him for a little bit at one point. It's pretty cool. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. All right. Oh, what do you do for a living? Since you mentioned a new job earlier. So I work in cybersecurity. Um, I just got a new job where my whole role is to figure out what vulnerabilities are in the environment and patch them. Hmm. Kind of like a white hat. Except I'm not actually pen testing or anything. But yeah. I got gotcha. you. It's more... It's more blue team activities. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, I have back background in uh, networking technology from college, so I know a little bit of that stuff. Nice. As yeah. long as you keep your stuff up to date, we won't have to have a talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may need to update a couple of drivers, but you know, <laughs> we won't talk about. I that. always, I always had my shit up, uh, update uh, at least until my uh, computer decided to uh, not register. It had a hard drive in it no more. <laughs> Oof! <sighs> I still need to get a new one. <laughs> so I computer or new hard drive. Both <laughs> just yeah, just rather get a new computer at this point because I've already priced everything and it's not fucking worth it. Cool. Well, <clears throat> what are your 
So outside of gaming, what are some other hobbies you have? Did that already get asked? Or am I losing my mind right now? No, I think no, I did ask. I think it did, but I don't mind answering again. Um, <laughs> comics, movies, right TV shows. Oh yeah, we did because yeah, we we talked about yep. that. Never mind. No one. Yep. I'm losing my mind right now. You can tell. I've lost it. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, we don't win that way. one. Fuck you, Kai. I mean, fuck you. <laughs> You're all good, Truth. Go ahead and uh, pick another one. Um, let's see. Let's see. Well, what got you into the lore of Destiny? I had actually listened to a podcast um, back when The Taken King came out, and it was called Ghost Stories. Hmm. Um, they started talking about the Books of Sorrow, and I was like, this sounds like really weird and cultish. So I started <laughs> looking into it, and I'm like, um, this really is weird and cultish. <laughs> so... I started exploring more of it and and I just haven't stopped. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't say I blame you, man. Like um, me and Elemist were having a little chit chat just before the show. And uh, I was forewarning him how much of a lore pleb that I am under novice. But, um, you know, similar to Elemist, the more that I've been been exposed to um maybe having my own epiphanies and you know theory crafting and learning more about uh the more i've been getting interested in it so you know i'm looking really forward to this episode <laughs> as oh, am yeah. i yeah until in the floor i'm always behind yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah that's cool though. Do you have like a specific uh do you have like a specific thing that you really remember um the most about some of the lore you want to share? <laughs> I had uh, actually shared this with Sweaty earlier. Um there is there are two weapons that have flavor text that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the annual skate and the comedian. The comedian's uh flavor text is just uh uh <laughs> and an annual skate um it's because i'm a romantic at heart like essentially it's it's describing ice skating to people that don't have ice skating anymore yep you know people used to dance on a frozen lake with tiny or boots with tiny blades on them and fall in love <laughs> and it's it's just it's poetic and beautiful and i i love it um and if we're talking about actual like lore books the black armory papers are phenomenal um like i i've read it three or four different times and i cannot read it without crying like it's just it is well written and it's it just gets me in the feelings every time Mm -hmm. Have you uh, read that, Kai? 
Of Black Armory lore books? Oh, the uh, papers? Yeah, that one is... Well, not one of my favorites. It's a damn good one. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll have to check that out at some point. Same. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just happened to pull it up right now as we were talking. I'm like, damn. You know, what Crazy. I might even do is as I come across these books, maybe I'll print them out on a paper while I'm at work and staple them all together, kind of like a book. And I'll just leave them in the bathroom for something to read sometime. Like, I mean, what I better mean, fucking way? Right? That's better than uh, some other reading materials out there. Because, I mean, you know, if we're being completely dependent of electronics and, you know, that leaves a very limited time frame, and at least this way, I could at least dedicate 15 to 30 minutes of time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not wrong. Not wrong at all. Just uh, just uh, be careful not to uh, lose track of time reading. <laughs> I probably, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll I just get outside with me and be like, leave me alone, I'm reading. <laughs> Uh, and then the last, the last one that I absolutely love is the story of Not Forgotten. Mm. Um, like it's told throughout the quest that you do to get Luna's Howl and Not Forgotten. It's it's about a guardian who had a dog as a pet on the moon, and then the hive killed the dog, so he's literally trying to go through the grieving process. Yeah. And it's like, there are certain ones that you just, certain stories that you just grab onto because you relate somehow. Mm -hmm. And that was one of them. Yeah. And Bungie is so good at, at how they write and tell stories. <clears throat> Especially yeah. stories about characters grieving. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, they they had that with with the not forgotten storyline. They had that with Eris and her fire team. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and it's just that is some of the the places that they excel the best. Yep. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, let's go with this. Um, what inspired you, or what happened to get you into podcasting? Uh, so my original co-host Hyven and I were in a, a clan together and he noticed that I liked talking about lore and he liked talking about lore. So he thought, Hey, let's get a chat going or, or something, you know, get some YouTube videos or, or something, just create this content. And we posed it to our clan asking, you know, Hey, what kind of format do you guys want? And it was actually Orchid that said, I want a podcast. Do a podcast. <laughs> so Hyven and I sat down and we started a podcast for our clan. Uh, that's why the, the first couple episodes say, you know, TSA lore chat, because the clan was called the Strangers mm -hmm. Allies. Mm -hmm. TSA. I see, I was in and, airport security for some reason. Right. Of course, you were. <laughs> It, like we we <laughs> joke about that all the time, <laughs> um, and then we actually opened up the the podcast to the world by changing it to Guardians of Lore. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Truth, I believe 
the start of this podcast prior to me being here is a very similar story with the twa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually it was. Started it for the and, plan. And back then I, I I wasn't host because life issues just wouldn't let up. Mm-hmm. It's not what you kept telling me, but that's just whatever. <laughs> that was the main reason. But, that's not why you kept telling me. <laughs> you kept telling me, no, I want you to have more experience before you let me come on a podcast. I'm like, what the fuck, man? That too. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? There goes, fuck you, Truth. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Sweat. Fuck you. Love you too, buddy. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> don't say that about yourself i don't do that hey you okay. be, you better not be picking on my good buddy elemist or we'll have words <laughs> what the fuck man no fuck you truth you fucking bully fine fuck you too man you're a fucking bold neck chunky hippo <laughs> No response necessary for this, okay? <laughs> All right. Right in a bit. Right in him. Let's get back on track. <laughs> Kai, save us. What would be your ideal destiny? That's tough, because actually, like, I think we're in a really good spot with destiny, uh, PvE-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, PvP needs quite a bit of work. Yep. And yeah, it does. And fuck Gambit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I, I just I dread going into Crucible and Gambit. Anything PVE, I'm like, yo, yeah, let's do this. You want <laughs> you want to do a raid marathon? Sure, let's do it. Five matches of <laughs> PvP. Ah. Uh, Maybe not. <laughs> I think I'm probably the PvP shill of this group. Yeah, you are. But I'm not restricted to PvP. I can gambit, um, and I would be the guy that you love because I'm going to be the uh, invader on your team that comes back with 10, 13 kills by the end of the game of enemy guardians. Um. And I love raiding, I, I, especially Vogue. Like, I didn't get D1 experience when it was the new hotness. Um, I went back when it was the old busted, if you catch that reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, the current state of the game. And now I do agree, maybe there could be a little bit of tuning when it comes to stasis in the crucible just 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 a little bit did you read but twab overall i i did not read the twab you'll see you'll be touching on that later we yeah, will you'll, you'll be talking about that later stay tuned um <laughs> <laughs> and and like i i it takes an act of of god to get me into to gambit but like I'm good at Gambit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm the same way as you are. You know, if nobody will invade, I will be the invader, and I'll come back with like twelve kills per match. Yeah. Um, but like, it it just it takes a lot to get me into Gambit, and I yep. usually have to go in with a full team because otherwise, I'm just going to be hating myself. Mm-hmm. Like 
I've done enough gambit that I have reckoner. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot so say people, that. <laughs> so when people ask me, you know, how much do you hate yourself? Reckoner levels. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> See, don't hate me, but I really like the concept of where they were going with that. I'm going to be real with you. I like the way they had the armor system. I love that idea. Mad that they got rid well, of I it. Too. I I I liked the concept. I didn't like having to regrind all armor sets and you know, it it was just it, the amount of grind was just unbelievable. Oh yeah. No, I totally get that. I'm just saying, in the sense of, I just like the concept. I would love for them to do something like that in other activities, like raids and things like that. Doing that built into the armor itself, instead oh, of mods. Uh, my only thing is, see, like I, I really am hoping for, like some armor or a weapon or two that evolves with you, kind of like how the necrochasm was. Oh yeah, no, definitely. You ended up you end up starting with with a white piece of armor, and you level it up, and and it becomes stronger and better with you. And I know that <clears throat> they do with that with solstice, and I'm hoping that this solstice the armor actually doesn't get completely whitewashed because of anything else. Yeah. I mean, for the last three solstice of heroes, like we've had no reason to keep the armor past like the first week of the new DLC. Even yeah. then, even then, you don't even need it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm, it doesn't I'm give hoping. you high enough stats to help you. Right. So I'm I'm hoping that the solstice this year takes care of that. Interesting. Truth, oh. would you like to carry us into our next question? Sure, sure. <clears throat> Do you have any fond memories in Destiny, either D1 or D2, that stand out to you? I stole your Day question, didn't raids. I? No. <laughs> day one raids. Um, I did day one for... Deepstone, and I did day one for Vogue. We didn't get completions until after contest was over, but it was just it was the most fun that I'd had. Twenty two hours in Deepstone and seventeen hours in Vogue. Fuck, that's Fuck intense. That. Fuck that, dude. I like, get tired after like six to seven hours of raiding. That's intense. And like half that time was in Atheon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one would be hard. Without the cheese. Boys right. and girls. Right. <laughs> yeah, without uh, amazing. Uh, without cheeses. Chess without chess piece. I think just without having the one health point option. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One health point is pretty nice when you want to farm. <laughs> But yeah, day one, yeah. Mm. With contest mode, too. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. Where you are literally capped. 
like 20 light below where you currently are. And that is why I didn't do Vogue whenever it came out, because I was nowhere near an electronic and probably extremely drunk. <laughs> okay, no, no, that reminds me, though. We, we you tried that? it. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been entertaining, though. Oh, dude, it was. Oh, my word. <laughs> Holy shit. We, okay, so it's like, I don't know what time of night it was, but it was, sa- it was Saturday night. And our good old buddy, Daddy Des Sr. <clears throat> was 12 beers in and 12 shots in. This man was gone. <laughs> this man was gone. <laughs> and he's like, oh, we'll do it. We're gonna, it's going to be so fucking easy. It's fog. <laughs> Bullshit. Except they changed well, some things. <laughs> that old, old yeah. actually true. Just so you know, that was the uh, second attempt that I had at day one. Yeah, the first attempt. attempt. I'm talking about the second attempt, the better attempt. It's hilarious. It was it was a slightly more enjoyable one. Uh, um, the story behind our first attempt, though, and why it failed. We got stuck at confluences. Mm. We were there for what, like four or five hours, some BS like that. But. One of the guys that we had, he he's a great kid. It's just he does not understand the concept of staying alive. Who the hell are you talking about? I shall not name names, <clears throat> but you but you will know. Okay, I, I think I can get the name. I think I'm, I'm the name's coming to my head. I think I think. <laughs> start the V. Does it start the V? Yes. I'm gonna ask. Okay. Okay. We're good then. Ah. <laughs> I've heard this name before. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Cut the tape. Exit stage. Wow. It's bad. He, he's. It's he's pretty infamous for just not staying alive on a lot of things when we're trying to help him. Yeah. But I made like that. He, and thing is, he wanted in for uh, day one, and that was my last resort for the team, because yeah. everyone else I asked was unavailable. Sorry, my wife planned baby showers. I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm not saying you. It's just those others that I asked, too, but... Oh, I wasn't even your number was... one pick? What the fuck, man? You were, like, my <laughs> second... Pitch. Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. Love you too, brother. But yeah, it um, that was the biggest reason. We just either almost Im- immediately or just somewhere around there, we just lost a um, a lost a res token and. When the uh, fucking uh, wyverns came out, it just was, it just went downhill fast from there. Oh yeah, but, uh, it, it was still, that, it was still a fun experience. Like that is why I went in with like anarchy and breach and clear on my class item. Yeah, it would have been good if I actually had my artifact um, leveled up enough for that. Same, same. Yeah. We're not bounty goblins. I'm sorry. We're not gator. Um, <laughs> I I work a lot, so that's why I didn't have mine. 
No, and, and that's fair. I <laughs> I happened to be working from home for the last year, so it was just kind of like, all right, I I get off work at four four thirty. I can just immediately hop on. Yeah. That and yeah. again, single. Thirty-two-year-old guy, ladies. <laughs> An upper boy. <laughs> yeah. Checking him out. You have Tinder? <laughs> I've already swiped right. <laughs> All right. So, um, Elvis, this is one of our signature questions that we ask every guest. Um, how would you describe destiny to someone? With zero Halo experience, may I add, who's never heard of Destiny before? Okay. <laughs> you you play at you play a space zombie who has space magic, and you go shooting aliens. I think that's the best answer we've got. Yes. Yeah. Short and to the point. <laughs> yeah. I still love Hazel's uh, question about asking if he was a virgin or not. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so, uh, are they a virgin? <laughs> oh my god! He asked that. It's great. Do they like foreplay? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, do you like to play in a very semi-disappointing world? <laughs> I hate this. my favorite game. Guy. Yeah, I hate oh, Destiny. It's my favorite game. <laughs> oh, oh, it was great. I hate this game. I'm quitting this game. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow while I'm playing it. Pass the cross. Oh, shit. No, we love all of our friends on this show. Even you, Astacross. He's never going to hear this. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, Truth, you want to move us into our next question? Sure. So is there any expectation? Wow. Fuck English. Oh, fuck. Words are hard. You uh, know, brain yeah. mouth malfunctions. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> is there any specific adept weapons you'd love to have if it were possible? Is that talking any adept weapons that are in the game or any weapons um, that are turned anything. adept? Anything. Anything. Not even adept. Okay. Uh, I want an adept vision of confluence. Like I know that. I know it's, it's coming down the, the pipeline. Yeah, it it's in the pipeline. It's just it hasn't been released because there is no master level vog yet. Yet. So oh, that's yeah. the one I'm looking forward to. I like it. I got a couple of them from the from the raid. I was more looking forward to a fate bringer, but the rolls I did get um, came with tunnel vision, uh, feeding frenzy and ricochet rounds, and arrowhead break on a stability masterwork. And I was like, hmm, can't go wrong with that. And then the other one was full auto with tunnel vision and hammer forge rifling. Also stability. Oh, and see, 
I have one with full auto surplus ricochet rounds and uh, fluted barrel with a reload mm. work. It feels exactly like a, a D1 vision of confluence. Nice. Hell yeah. So like, mean, I'm going to proceed to hit myself in the head. I wanted. <laughs> Truth is playing uh, the, the jealous game over there because all he gets is pinnacle armor. Not even yeah. pinnacle, dude. It's shit. Correction. <laughs> One pinnacle armor. <laughs> Damn. Every single round I've done of this raid, which is twice this week, has been nothing but armor drops, and I'm pissed. That's because you don't pray enough at the altar of RN Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> oh, man. I was about you, to go you, there. You should know that. That's where I've fucking been living for like the last fucking week. <laughs> Have you seen the fucking god rolls of um of uh, exotic armor pieces that I'm getting this, but not the uh, nightfall loot like I want? <laughs> that is for both of you. There you go. Suck uh, it for our audio listeners. Truth most certainly is not raising up two middle fingers to his camera towards me and Kai right now, and he's certainly not being offended by it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no fucks were given at this point in time. All all I can think is is you know get good with your sacrifices, scrub. What yeah. the? Fuck? I like Even this guy. Is what the fuck? <laughs> I'm abused in this place. <laughs> what the fuck? You heard him, Drew. Get good, scrub. <laughs> Come, my child, to the altar of RN Jesus. Come, my child. All are welcome. Sacrifice. <laughs> All right. Now, my favorite question of uh, to always ask. Mm-hmm. What do you think our next darkness space subclass will be, and why is it Siva? Oh, see, that that clanmate that told me about Thydra would love you for that. Um. <laughs> I actually think it's going to be hive related. All right. Um, All right. And and a lot of that is because I mean, with Beyond Light, we were headed to Europa. It's an ice planet, so we got ice powers. For Witch Queen, I've got a feeling we're going to be heading back to the Dreadnought. And if we're oh, getting new we're... powers there, like if we're getting new powers there, then it would make sense that it was Hive. Yeah. yeah. It would. I mean, all of it is speculation at this point, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I would love to see Hive-based powers. Did you happen to see the gravity concept that they come out with? Yeah, uh, the community members. Uh, someone in uh, one, of the, uh, one of the discords. Do you still no, have that space. concept? Sorry. Do you still have that concept art, Truth? Shit, let me see if I can find it on my phone. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's and, definitely and, been. And like the the community comes up with all kinds of different oh yeah concepts. Yeah, and and absolutely. I mean, to be fair, you know, this is me stepping in universe for a moment. You know, guardians can channel their light, and at this point, the darkness, however they see fit. Mm -hmm. so yep. it could be possible 
Yeah. What if we, right. the Guardians, were the bad guy this whole time? Fuck, why wouldn't that surprise me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We we typically commit genocide. Yeah. Yeah. Especially against the fallen. We commit war crimes all the time. All for a piece of loot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, You're not wrong. Into, oh. Uh, oh. Big Panda's episode, he talks about why he would name himself 2% Hitler. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's because he felt like he committed at least 2% genocide. <laughs> uh, some of the opinions reflected by truth are not exactly the opinions of others on this show. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, I got uh, one last question here for you, Elemist, and it may be a familiar question. Um, as I mentioned to you before the show started, uh, one of the first episodes um, that I did on this show, we got to interview Gator. And I think he kind of gave me the shoulder or sorry, the elbow nudge to say, you know, you, you can use this. Go ahead. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you this. All right. Mm-hmm. Dude, what's up with the gamer tag? So. As a kid, I read a lot. I got mm-hmm. really into a book series called Animorphs. And it was about a group of kids who who could morph into animals to fight off an alien invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, there is a character named the Elemist. And we we end up finding out in a book at the very end of the series that he is literally a gamer turned god. You know, good god. So, like... Yeah. I connected with some of the struggles that he had in that book, and, and I just had it as a, a I had Elemist as kind of a nickname as a kid, and mm-hmm. it, it, just, it stuck. Nice. I like it. Kind of reminds me of, uh, I know that Night Demon, a friend of the show here, um, his is similar story to yours uh, i think his is kind of related to x-men um what's what's he called nightcrawler is that who it yeah. is yeah yeah yep yeah very similar cool i like that i like when there's a story behind it yeah that way it makes it more personal makes it more like it, it actually connects with the person yeah exactly all yep, right. Do you see the? I did post the the concept there for you guys. I'm not sure if you guys. Saw I did. That. I did see the oh, yeah. post. Come on, yeah. I haven't clicked on it because I've already seen it. But for our good friend Elmist here, oh, it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. I mean, they did a really good job. They made it look just like the desk, like uh, how they did uh, um, stasis. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, mind you, they used some of the old concept from like back when Destiny Two first launched. But I mean, hey, it works, and it looks so legit, like it could actually be in the game. Yep. Right. <clears throat> and they call it the Mass subclass. It's not called. It's. It's. I just realized its name Mass. I just realized it saw it up here. So they called it the Mass subclass. Yeah. Oh, the Mass subclass. Okay, yep. gotcha. 
That's pretty cool. That's their con. That's their concept for the Lightfall DLC super. Yeah. So, pretty cool. Yeah, you haven't seen this yet, have you? Cool. Nope. I have like, one on that here. Would, that would be really cool. Yeah. Can't remember where I found it, but I had one for what next DLC was going to be. Someone made a concept for that one as well, and I just can't remember where I found where it is. Yeah. Rich Queen. Um, trying to see if I can find it on the line real quick while we're just sitting here. There it is. Visit this website. Thank you so much for this. Save that to my phone. Save that to my phone. Save this to my phone. And here is the <clears throat> next DLC's subclass concept. It is called the Coven subclass. Oh, the COVID subclass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that like we need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of cool. I just happened to see it again. Just, just think about it. That concept art looks fucking oh, yeah. sweet, though. I know. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah, you that like looks that, well done. That hunter's wearing a mask of Bacchus. It looks dope. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you can hear my, my wife and the kid in the background. No, oh, you're good. You're good. All good. Yeah. Kai, did you have anything else you'd like to add? No, we pretty much covered everything. Truth? No, I'm good. I think we should be able to move on. All <clears> right. <throat> so, do you want to take uh, a quick little short break with this? Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was going to lead okay. us into a break. And once we get back, we'll get into discussion about the meat and bones of this podcast, of this episode, the lore discussion. And, uh, once we get through the lore, we'll probably end up t uh, spending some time just discussing about the, the lore itself, uh, picking Elemis's brain, because we are all, uh, in terms of the hosts here, anyways, um, pretty well, I'll just, well, aside from Kai, myself and Truth, I guess, are kind of lore plebs, don't really know a whole lot. We're pretty curious about this, and we're, we have a growing interest. Um, once we get back from the break after the lore, we'll jump into the Destiny 2 news. Uh, may take another short, quick break because I'm drinking beer and may need to pee. Uh, and then we'll get into <laughs> questions for the show and uh, music for the playlist. And we'll close out the show. So right after this. And welcome back. Thank you so much for bearing with us through that break. Um. And now we are going to get into our lore discussion. And tonight we are going to begin reading the Beneath the Endless Night lore book. And uh, we're going to start with two chapters for this particular episode. Uh, I'll begin with the acceptance chapter. And uh, Elmist so graciously volunteered to read the Fractures chapter right after this. So let's begin. <clears throat> Beneath the Endless Night acceptance. I'm the most qualified for this. Crow's voice reverberated off of the immense window, making the Vanguard commander's office feel even more 
caverner ca ca cavernous than it was, sorry. At night, the edges of Zavala's office were usually dark, but the miasma of Vex energy that swirled in the city below made it more so. Crow sighed and paced in the gloom like a caged animal. Zavala faced the window and stood, unmoving. A statue carved of Larimer, depicting a test of infinite patience. He glanced over at Akora, her hands gently clasped as she watched Crow with disquieted contemplation. We know, she said, after what felt like an eternity. But your expertise and relationship with the Elixni aren't the only deciding factors here. Exactly how long am I going to be continually tried in a court of public opinion? Crow asked pointedly. And when is this trial... Oh, sorry. And when in this trial will I be given a clear understanding of what I'm on trial for? Zavala regarded the Awoken's reflection in the window. It reminded him of the near-fatal walk through the gardens not all that long ago. His shoulders sagged. Crow... Zavala said as he turned to face him. This is a delicate situation. The consensus has come down hard on us for welcoming the Elixni into the city, and I can't have them using you as another bludgeon. So that's all it is? A political maneuver? Crow pushed. To protect yourselves. No hard feelings? Nothing behind the looks you give me when you don't think I'm watching? Zavala stiffened and Crow sensed the conversational temperature in the room. Sorry about that, I had to sneeze. At least made it to the mute button. Alright, let's see. Where was I? So that's all... Okay, got it. This matter aside, is your past identity became public before we have a plan in place. It could cause considerable harm to you and to the people you care about, Ikora said evenly. People who have come to care about you, she added. For a long time, no one spoke. And when Crow did, his voice was small. Then what? I keep hiding from the shadow of the man I was before? Forever? Not forever, Ikora said firmly. But for now... Crow shifted his focus to Ikora and saw the hurt in her eyes. He'd seen it in Amanda's too, whenever she spoke of the dead. Without another word, he nodded and left. Ikora closed her eyes, and the breath she'd been holding slowly left her. He's going to Osiris, she warned. And if Osiris is half the leader he's shown himself to be, he'll tell him the same thing, Zavala said with great fatigue finally sinking into his chair. In the momentary silence that settled between them, Ikora felt an unspoken reciprocation of the generation's old friendship. I don't know how long we can protect him, she confessed. Neither do I. Not bad. And that would be the end of the acceptance chapter. And up next, we have our good friend Elimist to reprise Fractures in this episode. And this is two Fractures. Zavala stared at the terminal window until the words blurred together. He lowered his head and rubbed his eyes, trying to collect his thoughts. 
There were reports from hunters in the field. Increased Vex activity across the system. Coordinated attacks on Vanguard operations. Anomalous disturbances within the city. All on top of Elixnian human confrontations within the city's walls. A buzzing hum bloomed to life over Zavala's shoulder, followed by the gentle weight of a ghost that came to settle there. Is this the best use of your time? Tarj wondered aloud, which elicited a look from the corner of Zavala's eye. Tarj rarely spoke, but when he did, there was always purpose. I don't recall asking for your opinion. Zavala said as he tried to, to refocus. I don't recall giving one. Zavala turned this time to give Char... Zavala turned this time to give Tarj another look. You two can't keep doing the work of three people, Tarj insisted. Talk to Anna again. Zavala leaned back in his chair. Tarj... There is no way I'm going to convince. An alert chimed at the command console to his right. Incoming call from Empress Keitel, Tarj said wearily. Let it go to depot. Zavala stubbornly rose from his chair. No, he said, receiving the call. Keitel's imperial seal appeared on the screen with a notice. Audio only. Empress Keitel. To what do I owe the pleasure? Zavala asked, tiredly scratching a hand over his stubble. Tarj wet. Tarj watched for a moment before he dematerialized. Commander, Keitel agreed. Oh, nope. Fuck. Commander, Keitel greeted her voice swelling to fill the room as if she were standing there. The fleet's long-range sensors detected a growing anomaly located in the vicinity of the last city. Why the sudden concern? Keitel snorted. I bear no concern, Commander, but if the Vanguard were suddenly annihilated, it would behoove me to at least be aware. Of course. Zavala said softly. Well, we're still here. For now. The leading edge in her tone hooked him. Why are you really calling? There was no response from the other side for a few moments. When Keitel spoke next, her tone was so measured as before. But lacked any performative airs. Lakshmi 2's latest broadcast to the city reached our fleet, she said. You are truly a proud hawk standing in a nest of vipers, aren't you? Lakshmi is a politician. Words are the most dangerous of weapons, Commander, Kaido reminded him. It begins as a whisper. It begins as whispering convictions, then full-voiced dissent. And the next thing you know, you awake with a knife driven into your chest. Spoken from experience, Zavala jabbed back. Spoken from experience, Keitel doubled down, unashamed. 
Lakshmi is undermining the Vanguard's authority by diminishing your role in the eyes of the people. Spoken loudly enough and often enough, her words may begin to make sense even to those who are not of the same mind. Zavala sighed, and Keitel felt its weight all the way across the system. I trust you to honor the terms of our armistice. I do not trust whomever your successor might be, Keitel warned. Zavala weighed anger and intrigue against one another, finding the scales a useless tool in arbitrating his response to the situation. He stepped back to the console and did as Cade might say, just wing it. This is not the first threat to my authority I've weathered, Zavala said, his voice rising. So don't delude yourself into thinking otherwise. And don't you dare come at me for whatever remorse you might be feeling about deposing your father. Savala heard the low rumble of an appreciative vocalization over the speakers. I do not feel remorse because Callus was my father. Keitel explained, her tone softening. I feel remorse because of what Gaul did to my people. We opened the door for the hive, handed Zivu Arath a knife, and were surprised when we felt the kiss of steel in our spine. I hate to see a warrior. I. Oh, that's actually her continuing. <clears throat> I hate to see a warrior I admire and respect do the same with a less worthy adversary. But perhaps you are not in need of such unsolicited counsel. Zavala looked up, out to the lightless city beyond, and closed his eyes. And what counsel is that? What Keitel said next was not in the voice of an empress, but a friend. Umun Arath was my most trusted counselor. The darkness has many hands. Will you recognize its caress before it finds your throat? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Damn. My, my, right. my. What a fragile relationship all of these individuals have with one another. Mm -hmm. And yet, I kind of can't help but feel like they're in that situation because they're, in some shape or form, dependent of their relations with one another. As indifferent yeah. as they may be. Common hmm. enemy. The enemy of my enemy. He's my friend. And, and I mean, with everything that happened last season, we see that Idol and Zavala at least respect each other. Yes. Yeah. And, it, I mean, especially in, in the last paragraph of that last entry, you know, when mm -hmm. Kyle, what Kyle said next was not in the voice of an empress, but a friend. Yeah. So like, she feels a certain kinship with Zavala. Yep. I mean, she even said that you know I don't trust your successor. Um. Wait. I trust you to honor the terms of our armistice. I do not trust whomever your successor might be. Kyle warned. Yep. That stood out to yeah. me. 
Definitely. And as as much as I love having Lakshmi's voice actress back, I am not liking the fact that she's undermining the Vanguard. Agreed. Yep. I get the heebie-jeebies when it comes to Lakshmi. I mean, yeah. you know, and the thing about this particular part of the lore, you know, are we for the fallen and the smallen babies or are we going with Lakshmi or whatever? You know, all that aside, Lakshmi is still undermining the vanguard and th casting a certain doubt there, almost maybe dividing their people in their own tower, if that makes sense. Or maybe hasn't done it yet, but casting the seeds nonetheless. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that because that doesn't bring, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It just, it feels sketchy and puts a red flag up. Oh, absolutely. And and especially since the Vanguard has been fractured and, and has been making do ever since Cade's death. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it, there's been talk about the Vanguard going away and, you know, because the Guardians don't need the Vanguard anymore. Mm -hmm. But the Vanguard is still the commanding position for the Guardians. Um, <clears throat> even if the Vanguard itself goes away, there's still going to be positions like it for Guardians. Yeah. Right. I really admired when... In the lore, um, it was more Zavala just kind of thinking to himself, but acknowledged and embraced that he was about to do something that was very Cade-like by winging it. Uh, that made my heart swell. I was like, that's my boy. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, Cade make, made enough of an impression on Zavala that Zavala sees certain things that he's he's doing and he's like that's so Cade yep mm -hmm. oh I miss Cade sorry I'm good I'm good <laughs> okay, can I just make one more quick reference to this so <clears throat> with the whole undermining the vanguard thing you know there's a very good man that uh, made this quote I'm not going to quote the whole thing but it started out with this one line it says a house divided against itself cannot stand Yep. That's what's going on right now. I mean, honestly, being divided yeah. um, against each other in the tower, we're going to eventually fall because of that. Because there's a huge division. It's going to separate everything that's going on right now. It's going to undermine everything we have done from beginning of Destiny 2 to now. Yeah. <clears throat> Ooh. So, we are currently in Season 14 which queen is going to be season 16 what if there is a, a guardian civil war that ends up coming up yeah I mean with Lakshmi's influence um, well, I don't exactly trust I'll say the public when it comes to Mithrax and the fallen um and if Lakshmi puts a strong enough divide between their own people 
what's to say guardians aren't going to try and defend them in the tower when they're trying to give them sanctuary when the common man is going to try and assault random fallen for no fucking reason other than the hate that's been sown by Lakshmi. And, you know, she does some very crafty wordplay with her reasoning behind it. So they did a kind of mention, you know, a little touch on that idea very subtly, mind you, in, in the lore that we read where it's like, you know, what if the public eye kind of turns, you know, an understanding towards Lakshmi, even if they're not supposedly on that particular side kind of thing. So that's kind of where my thought process went with that. I can agree with that. Um, and I'm, I'm even going even further and thinking of different voice lines from Override this season. Um, mm -hmm. There is a voice line at, once you've actually completed the, the activity, it's Saint and Mithrax talking and Saint just goes off on Mithrax because, you know, the Fallen came to Earth to attack us, not you know, the Guardian's going to Reese to attack the Fallen. Yeah. You know, you and now you're playing victim now that we have the, the upper hand. And there was there was something leaked. Um it it was an actual cutscene that was leaked a couple weeks ago. And I'm yeah, not gonna go the one you're talking about. I said no one you're talking about. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but essentially it's it's the fact that the Guardians have destroyed the Fallen to the point that we are their boogeymen. Yeah. You know, the, the humans used to be or the, the Fallen used to be our boogeymen, but we've destroyed their entire society to the point that we have become theirs. It's a full-on, like, I am legend situation. Yep. Yeah. And that's how I see this season playing out, along with, you know, a possible Guardian Civil War because of Lakshmi, and, you know, it ties to us protecting certain Fallen and, and how other characters are going to feel about that. Yep. And it's funny, too, because... It makes me think to myself, if we can do that to Mithrax, what's going to happen to the crow? And what side is he going to stand on if the worst case scenario unfolds? So, crow himself in last season's activities, um, he had voice lines that, you know, it, people talk bad about the Fallen, but... I've sat down with Fallen and, you know, they've treated me nothing or with nothing but respect and, and, you know, all humans do is just badmouth them and talk about how they want to kill them. You know exactly what I'm alluding to. Uh-huh. <laughs> Please elaborate. This is interesting. So, so, like, if there is going to be a Guardian Civil War involving, you know, the whole Fallen aspect... I could see Crow leading the pro-Fallen side. Yep. I'd be with him, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm not even a big fan of Crow. I mean, I like the character now, more learning more about him and everything like that, but 
it still bothers me. It's older and obviously, but I'd still stand with him against the enemies of the, the Elixni houses we are with now. Just saying. Well, against the bully. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to put it plain and simply how I see it. And this is just my own, how I see it, you know, and I respect how, you know, other people may see it and I'm, completely okay with having a different opinion than somebody else and i'll be more than respectful of anybody else if they have a different opinion but essentially lakshmi is how shall i say discreetly sowing seeds of being a bully and yeah you know the thing is she has the logic behind it which makes it even harder um and 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 what makes it even worse is the fact that a lot of what she is talking about, she has seen because of the Oxen machine. Yes. Um, the Ox, the Oxen machine is a device that the future war cult uses to actually see the future. So like she has facts behind it, but who's to say our favorite witch queen isn't actually poking, you know, and, and messing around with that. Not only that, but in any movie, any story that we've ever read, whenever there's time travel involved, <laughs> Mythoclass, what's up? Or sorry, Mythoclass, <laughs> fucking Vogue, what's up? Anyways, what do they always tell us? You can't tell the past, the future. Why? Because it will change the course of the future of what's supposedly supposed to happen so if she is tampering with a device that supposedly and theoretically allows her to see the future and she is acting in the present with the influence of what she is seeing of what's hypothetically supposed to be the future does that really set a definite tone for what the future is actually going to be right because like it her actions could be leading us down the path of that future or it could be you know leading us away exactly we don't know specifically yep yeah you're not wrong i mean i think it's interesting so i'm trying to find information on this but the i feel smart it's hard, to find. <laughs> it's hard to find information on the ox machine there is no wiki page on it i can't find at least uh let me see if i right. anyways what I was going to say on it, though, is it's interesting. It's a Vex. It's Vex tech, is it not? It's actually Cabal Scion tech. But mm. I think it was based off of Vex tech. Because what I remember reading, at least, or hearing somewhere was Vex tech. But, I mean, if it's based off of Vex tech, it makes sense. Which I think is kind of funny, because if you think about it, the Vex is what's going on this season. They have the, the control of the Endless Night currently going on in the tower. So I was going to make that point was that just because she's seeing it in a machine that was, you know, designed by the Vex doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. You know, the Vex have a lot of control over a lot of things. I mean, that's just my thought. Yeah. I mean, it can't really say that now, now that I know it's actually based on Cabal tech, but I mean, still. Well, no. So like. I, so the Oxen machine itself is based on Cabal tech, but I think it was originally based on Vex. 
Um, and, and the reason I say that is because at the end of the Insight Terminus strike, there's a voice line about, you know, what's this Oxa and who is Msund12 or who is, um, what's the other one? It, like, there's two different p usernames that can be brought up with it. And uh, one is an actual Otzot. That's it. Um, but Otzot is a, a, a scion. So, like, the actual Oxa machine could be psionic in nature. And, like, I, I just... There's a lot about it that we don't really know. Well, aside from the fact that it was originally created by Scions, we have a version, and it lets them see the fu a possible future. I just actually I was able to find the uh, the, the Destinypedia page on it. Yeah, and it says it was it was created by the Scions as capable of clairvoyance, both revealing the past and predicting the future. It was destroyed by the Cabal Empire when the Scions were conquered and enslaved. Centuries later, it was rebuilt by Freeborn Atzot. Yep. Um, at some point in the distant past, the Cabal Empire conquered the Scion race, destroying the Oxot, the Oxa machine as they did so. Centuries later, a brilliant Scion scientist known as Freeborn Atzot recreated the machine on a Scion moon called Brand Um Uman Arath dispatched Cabal Armada to bomb Brand in order to destroy the device once again, but was ordered by Emperor Callus to stand down. Rather than punish Atzot, Callus re rewarded her and the Atzot, the, oh wow, my word, um, Oxa machine was in, integrated for the Empire's use. Callus claims to have interpreted the mad prophecies of either this machine or its original, one of which Detailed in vague terms, the long ago rise the hive under Oryx, the Taken King. During Gaul's coup, Atzot harnessed the Oxa machine to transmit plans to her co-conspirators in secret. The Vex kept, kept information about the Oxa machine accessible throughout the Insight Terminus on Nessus. This information was accessed at no unknown times by both Atzot and simulated a similar... Wow, bleh. A simulated instance of Ishtar Collective scientist Maya Sundaresh after the Red War, Kerrigan the Technocrat led an offensive on the Insight Terminus attempting to empower a prototype of the same machine. So, there's that. Okay, so it's it's purely psionic, but yeah. the Vex had the schematics for it. Yeah, so there goes my, my, my theory out the window. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! It made it made the most sense, though. I will say that, though. But but hey, this is the interesting part about the lore that we're learning, though. Is like you oh, can absolutely. still do your theory crafting, and that's kind of the fun part of it. And then finding out what it actually is. Oh yeah. Right or wrong, that's like the the funnest part of lore. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. There's that. That's and, the... and good. And it it makes sense because, it, like I, I mentioned before, you know the the insight terminus strike at the very end of it 
you actually get a voice line about, you know, what's Oxa and who's Msun12? Or, you know, what's Oxa and, and who's Otzot? I'm looking stuff up still. That's what I do. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> it's all good. I'm always the guy that gets told to do, look up stuff, so. And uh, once you get to the part, Truth, where you ask if we have anything more to add, I do have one more thing that I want to add for the lore section. Okay. I'm still looking for some stuff. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Targe, for those who I looked it up when I was reading when we were reading this, but Targe is the ghost of Commander Zavala. Okay, okay. That was something I didn't know. I had no idea he had a name. I didn't know that either. <laughs> you kind of uh, never... Only... I don't recall ever seeing Zavala's ghost. Except for that one cutscene. That's it. Huh. The early, the earliest mention of him was actually in a web lore leading up to Beyond Light. Um. Yeah, yep, that's right. Yep, a play of shadow and light. Um, yeah, that one right there. Yep, and it was That's only a single mention. It was actually after Beyond Light came out, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. December twenty second is when it came out. So, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, and, and another thing was is funny, but uh, Tarj is an old English word for shield. So, uh, ironic, right? Which, which, well, like, Bungie chooses their wording and their names very specifically yeah yeah so like to have a ghost named shield for somebody who actually throws his body in into the fray to protect others yeah i mean it makes sense yep. yeah you're not wrong 100 percent what do you think of all this, Kai? I haven't heard much from you, my friend. You're the you're the lore guy. This it's touching on on topics that I don't know too much into, so that's oh, so why you're, I haven't you're really... actually learning it with us. Yes, gotcha. <laughs> These th this um well pretty much what what we're going over and what we have gone over it's stuff that I've never really looked into myself so it's new to me mm -hmm. and that's fair i mean heck i there were some details especially about the oxen machine that i wasn't 100 percent sure on yeah uh, and that's because a lot of it came from the special edition or the collector's edition booklet that came with vanilla d2 yeah the, I, I saw that a lot of the references that we're seeing uh when i was looking up some of the cabal leaders are enlisted we mentioned um like uman arath and uh freeborn Atzot were all mentioned in the cabal the cabal book collector's edition thing and it's really cool it's a lot of wow it's a lot of lore damn it is i'll post it and I, I wish that I wish that I could find like an actual digital copy of some of this. Yeah. There it is. Well <laughs> Yeah. 
I mean, they transcribed it, I'm pr pretty sure, pretty well. So. Yeah. I mean, there's this one section about Gaul the Dominus, and it's talking about the uh, Oxa machine, so. That right there. It's kind of interesting. Then it talks about uh, Keitel. Wow, she's actually mentioned here. Wow. Yeah, because uh, the Midnight Coup was actually Keitel overthrowing Callus. Well, that would make sense. Interesting. Or it was Gaul and Keitel working together to overthrow Cal. I'm kind of fuzzy on that aspect of it because I haven't really dove into the book itself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I mean, I forget that some of the stuff is here. Like I just remembered yet the other day that I had the uh, some of the old booklets that came with the. Uh, not super collectible edition, but one of the collector's editions of the original Destiny 1 game that still have this book. Arms and oh, wow. Armament. Yep, and then I've also got all the those postcards. Those came with it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> already saw the Venus one earlier. But I totally forgot about these, and they do a really good job. I mean, there's little things in the back of these, like the visit freehold on the red planet of mars and it says skyland view of freehold mars it's a joy to watch children cast casting prayers and kind words to stars and a newborn ocean and the red mud between their happy toes and things like that i mean it's, it's got like little small details in it i mean it's things you wouldn't even think of you know yeah like they take the time this is all in russian the entire thing so that's awesome. There's this too. <clears throat> like they take time in detailing all kinds of things. I mean, this is an entire like map. Get your rock off my map. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they did a really good job of doing this. I mean, here. <clears throat> oh yeah, they they do a lot of of work with their store their uh, universe building and their storytelling mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's phenomenal how much they do yeah i mean they, they're really good i mean definitely interesting so i mean I'm, i would love to see i don't know why ishtar collective doesn't have this booklet which is kind of weird let me see if they do because Ishtar Collective is a really good resource for anyone that doesn't know that's I know that's where Elemis gets a lot of his stuff for uh, yep. his show for our show notes um, it's a great resource if you really want to look into lore they have everything of lore you could think of Cabal Booklet one category yeah, only got Emperor Callus as the category but it I mean, I guess this is it. No, not really. Never mind. It's not. They don't have any reference to it. The best you're going to get is Destiny Pedia for this one. So if you really want to read about the, the Cabal booklet that came with the... Uh, it's an untitled lore book included in the Destiny 2 Collector's Edition written by Seth Dickinson. It consists of formal invitation written by Callus, the former Cabal Emperor, to an unidentified... Per 
prospective champion to assassinate the cabal leaders who overthrew him in a coup. The invitation reveals significant details about the history, government, and culture of the cabal. So, definitely an interesting booklet to read if you really want to learn about it. And they also have some pretty good pictures for the uh, the actual booklet, what it came, what it came with. So, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Man. And I think part of why Ishtar doesn't have it is because it was all out of game. Probably. Uh, like there's nothing API-wise that they can pull it for or it wasn't a piece of web lore or anything. So yeah, it just wasn't included. Yeah. But I mean, hey, at least the, at least it's somewhere where we can read it outside of the, the source. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So, real quick, I'm going to post this picture because I remember I saw it. I just had to remember, I was just thinking about this, but uh, I went through that booklet, the uh, Arms and Armaments, and I noticed there's a gentleman in there. His name is just the Commander. But um, take a real quick look at that and tell me that's not Zavala with hair. Um, <laughs> oh, it totally oh my God, is. That is. <laughs> that's an early concept of Zavala, obviously. Um, oh, it's even got Zavala's neck tattoo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got all kinds of things like that. I saw this the other day. I mean, it's not a great picture because it's kind of hard and I didn't want to damage the booklet as much. But yeah, it's it, this is some. It's this is interesting, isn't it? I mean, this is yeah, crazy. That's awesome. With hair, yeah, no, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. He's got hair. With hair, I know it all kinds of. It doesn't look right either, yeah, but I mean, it's just all kinds of really cool things are inside the, the outside sources that the game has, and it's, it's sad very few people know about that. Like, I've got something here, like, this is like a detailed, like, it would be hand-drawn image. I don't know if I can see if I can make this bigger on your screen, on my screen. Let me see if I can. <clears throat> I'll just take a picture of it and send it again. If you well, can. It's it's just like I've got the Shadow Keep collector's edition stuff. Mm. They went into full on detail of like an actual emergency um it was kind of like an emergency plan <laughs> or an actual like SOP for running some of the the machines that are actually on on the moon standard operating procedure yeah <laughs> sop gotta memorize uh -huh. those fuckers <laughs> yep right right that's cool i mean they just they do a lot of story building and mm -hmm. universe building and it's it's amazing how much they actually put into all of it yeah, exactly. I mean, it's insane. I mean, I'm pulling, I'm just having to look at the back of the book. This is the back of the book in the notes section. If you, yeah. if you look at the top, it says notes. And I think it's just funny that they put this much detail into just the little notes section of the book. Like it's, mm -hmm. it was, they made it seem like it was actually like someone owned the book and wrote little notes. Kind of cool. 
There was Sorry. another collector's edition book for um, the Taken King, where it was Treasure Island, um, but it was owned by Cade, so it's got mm. writing in the margins and everything. And that last one you sent, Truth, I'm looking at the alphabet that starts at the bottom and goes upwards. First thing I noticed, there's some. Uh missing numbers and letters there goes a c d f g where's a b c d e f g h i so that makes me wonder there might be a hidden message in there somewhere i we oh, don't have all the kinds of things to... inside these there's there's all kinds of hidden messages i don't know if you noticed the one of the one of the ones i sent has uh longitude and latitude coordinates like 90 let me see if I can pull it up on my... Let me just read it from my... my oh, Mac I wish book. we had all the time in the world to decipher I know. this shit. <laughs> yeah, they've got... It's like uh, the top one reads 40.9675 north, 100.2786 east. The one circled says 45.9650 north, um, 63.3050 east. And it says devils. Yeah. Huh. See if I can't plug this into Google Maps. <laughs> I've Google got a feeling Maps. it's gonna. Be it, if I'm remembering to correctly, uh, it should the, show um, up somewhere inside well, of uh, Cosmodrome. Cosmo That's the thing. If I remember correctly, it corresponded with a real-world location. Yeah. Oh people, yeah. Uh, people went there, and Bungie actually left tokens for them. Actual physical disc token type things oh that kind of like a geocache Warmind. yes that that's basically what Warmind. yeah they did that one for warmind too didn't they so, oh yeah those those th was one for warmind but oh if i remember correctly there was one before that too but as the one for warmind that one uh, that one uh, uh didn't have the uh, replica of the uh, javelin they do that on purpose it did. holy shit i looked this up so no shit I looked up 45.9650 north, 63.3050 east. Comes up Bayakinor Cosmodrome. What the fuck? In Kazakhstan. Like, I shit you not, it's the which, Cosmodrome. Which, which, that makes sense because it's... The House it of Devils. It literally says Devils next to it. It's House yeah. of Devils. Here's the link if you want to open it and see the actual... That was a clan that I was a part of before uh, joining the Guardian Hub. <laughs> House of Boring Devils. Yeah, there you go. That's the Cosmodrome. That's fucked up. Cool, though, dude. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, they took the time to actually apply it to real world, too. I mean, that's that's badass, man. They, they, they are definitely detailed in their game. You know what else I just realized, Truth? Hmm. That Destinypedia page you gave us with the Cabal booklet. I was just kind of yeah. sitting here looking at a smaller version of the cover art of the Cabal booklet. Yeah. On the facing front cover, the way that this is shaped, just the outline part, it reminded me of Aramis. Which one? Uh, the cover art of the Cabal booklet. So let me see. Yeah. I could probably copy the picture, copy image. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out which side remind you of Aramis. It's going to be the right side in this picture. So, like, don't click into it. Look at the smaller picture and tell me that the parts 
left and right that are going up through the center to the top of the book and then you come down like do you see a chin do you see the eyes do you see what looks like aramis or am i just tripping i see i see it i see it that yeah i kind of see it yeah freaky yeah it's fucking yeah. weird dude spot that now <laughs> the shit we're discovering and at least elemis gets to walk away and be like wow we uh I actually got to walk away with some shit from that show, <laughs> from these plants. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! How do you? That's really that? neat. Sorry, I just noticed that. All right, I'm good. <laughs> oh no! Like it's they do a lot of work to build up their universe. It is astounding how much work they put into it. Yeah, you're not yeah. wrong. Holy crap, it uh, does. Right? Fuck? Right? I'm not, like, I'm not even shitting you. So, for the listener out there that's wondering what the fuck we're talking about, you can either go to Destinypedia and look up the Cabal booklet and look at the cover art of the Cabal booklet or just Google search the Cabal booklet. Look at what would be the front cover page for the booklet. Or if it has it laying down flat, it's going to be on the right side. <laughs> you'll see an outline of what looks like kind of like a face. And when you kind of like squint your eyes to kind of blur the image, you can see Aramis confirmed. You heard it here. I'll be here all week. Oh, hit my mic. It is kind of weird. I mean, this is kind of weird. Yeah, because I'll just take a screenshot of what I've got in my phone, on my face and my well, oh, whether whether it's intended or not, badass. It's, it's definitely noticeable once you see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's Aramis's face right there. That's her. That's that's the actual. It's not bad. Damn. So fucking creepy. What the fuck, man? Bungie, well done. Aramis. Fucking hell. Fuck. Not Aramis. I meant to say Aris Morn is what I meant what? to say. Yeah. <laughs> My fuck. <laughs> I feel like an idiot. Okay, so <laughs> since you posted that picture, fuck. I was like, okay, what? <laughs> so Aris Morn. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry, guys. I'm definitely I'm, I'm an like, idiot. It's like saying Aramis. Like, Air Aramis, my fuck. It's because, yeah, it's because of recent season. But let me see here. Let me see if I can just find the picture so you can compare it at least instead of me just saying the wrong fucking name. <laughs> Aris Morn, duh. Fuck. I exactly. See, I, just I just the head part. See, I would have just taken that because you were right about it looking like Aramis. It does look like Aramis too, to a to a point. I mean, it's got some it's got some details different, but I mean, for the most part, it's not bad for representation, right? Honestly, when it comes down to it, that's not bad. <laughs> wow! So I, if you don't know who, I'm, I'm don't know who Aramis now. is, it's the 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 current the the house what, what they call them House Salvation is what they call themselves House Salvation leader from uh, Destiny 2's Beyond Light. Okay, so for the hat, if we're looking at the book of the Cabal or whatever on the right side, the two lines that are going up towards the very top of the page, I'm thinking are Ar 
Eris Morn's hat. And then mm. you can see the chin, right? Do you see what I'm seeing? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is I think this is one of those situations where everybody's gonna see the Jesus that's on the t- the toast. You know? Yeah. That's <laughs> cool. It's, I mean, it's interesting how they do this kind of stuff because you don't even realize the kind of su- like the subtle things that they do. Obviously, look at the 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 coordinates and things like that. I mean, they they do some really good like not like it's subtle, but it's it's not so subtle we can't find it or figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it adds just to the depth of the game or the story. It's like well, the one thing it, I love about this game. Well, and it, it's just like um, when Beyond Light was coming out, the collector's edition book for that. Mm. I mean, that just built tons of, of universe specifically involving Clovis. And then there was a, a hidden puzzle that essentially got crowdsourced and figured out. Um, and once it got completely figured out, Bungie released it as part of a web lore. Yeah, because wasn't it, it wasn't it each like each, like every so many collector's editions got totally different pages ripped out or whatever? Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. And it, it was like people had to actually decrypt certain parts of it and you had specific letters for words and I had specific letters for words. If you actually added up our existing letters and, you know, it, in place of the missing ones, it like it actually spelled out the actual entries themselves. Awesome. Yeah, like they do a lot of stuff that like that, and it's it's surprising the amount of work that they put into it. Funny thing, I love this, but um, damn, they do a really good job. But uh, this Destiny lore subreddit straight up has a Google Doc of the Beyond Light uh, Clovis Bray Collector's Edition booklet. Yep like transcribed and everything. I'm like, damn, that's fucking detailed. That's some dedication right there. <laughs> like, damn. You can also find it on, on Destinypedia. Yeah. Uh, it's listed as a mysterious logbook. Hmm. Um, I think it's kind of cool when they got, do kind of stuff like this. And it's even got the, the missing, you know, quote, unquote, missing parts where it's it's literally the stuff that we were decrypting oh. and piecing together. Destinypedia, you said? Yep. What is the name of the book? Mysterious Logbook. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you sending it to me. <laughs> Damn, that's a ton. Holy crap. Yeah. They did a really good job. I mean, I, I just love things like this because it's just unique. I mean, again, like, what the fuck? I'm seeing a picture of a pig. Why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Because, because Clovis the first had failing organs, so he, uh, 
genetically engineered a pig to have his DNA so he could he can manufacture organs for himself. Exactly. Yep, I remember that. Like, Clovis did a lot of shady shit. A lot of shady shit. Yeah. <laughs> Clovis, Clovis was a bad man. <laughs> I, I think one of the best lines from him um, was something to the effect of why should I be an alpha tester to my own immortality yeah <laughs> fuck fucked <laughs> that's fucked <laughs> so instead he decided to try and, and goad his granddaughter into it <laughs> Which he did, did he not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, obviously. That's so yeah, strange. That's healthy. And and Damn. I I just I just love the fact that I mean he actually did digitize his own mind, created two different copies. One is the the um, Clovis AI that we actually discovered on Europa and then the other got put into an exo body that ended up disobeying Clovis. Right. Yep. Cool. I, I always love this kind of stuff. Lore is a very interesting topic to discuss. Well, I have one more thing that I wanted oh, to touch if, if, if I could. No, this relates ahead. to uh, our Mithrax conversation that we had earlier. The conversation between Mithrax and Shax, and this is the lore piece connected to the new weapon, Survivor's Epitaph. I read this a couple weeks ago when it was probably a couple days old, and I was completely floored by this conversation, and I've been waiting to share this in the podcast. So, Survivor's Epitaph. Flash text for it is, a weapon hides nothing. It is what it is, whether it wants to be or not. Saint-14 to Shax. To be the first Elixany to bask in the presence of the Traveler since the Whirlwind was an honor that Mithrax, Kel of House Light, never imagined for himself. As he stood in the tower walkway below the scar left in the wake of the Almighty, he meditated on the choices in his life that had led to this point. He wondered if there was a unifying thread binding all those events together. But he would have no time to ponder such things. A shadow, excuse me, a shadow crept over Mithrax, broad shoulders, a curling horn. Seeing the stark outline of Lord Shax looming on the stairs elicited centuries-old instincts, and it was temperance that kept Mathrax's hand from his weapon. I didn't expect to actually find you here, Shax said as he continued down the stairs with slow, plodding steps. Were you there? What? Shax came to stand beside Mithrax at the railing. Were you there? He asked again. This time, 
He pointed, without looking, to a place on the horizon beyond the traveler. Mithrax followed Shax's gestures with his eyes. He did not understand. The Battle of Six Fronts, Shax insisted, with uncharacteristic softness. Do you know how many fallen I killed there? Mithrax bristled at the question, and he felt that instinctual urge to reach for his weapon again. But the presence of the Traveler, and the question that nagged at the back of his mind stayed his hands. How many? he asked, not wanting to know the answer. Shax deflated, folding his arms over the railing, and rested his considerable weight against it. Hundreds, he said quietly. All of them died afraid. Mithrax felt ether mixing with bile in the back of his throat. His limbs trembled. Rage burned in his gut, demanding manifestation. But he tempered his anger, sighed so deep that the ether on his breath was briefly visible as an iridescent cloud. How many humans have you killed? Shax wondered. Too many, Mithrax answered, and even that felt insufficient on his tongue. The thought of it twisted his insides around. He sighed again, deeper this time, and Shax watched the sublimated ether glitter in the dim light. When I heard you were in the tower, Shaq said, I thought I'd just throw you over the edge of the wall. I thought about the people I watched die at the hands of your houses over the years. The lightless, torn limb from limb during the dark age. He snorted out a refuel laugh. <laughs> then I started to think about them. Silence hung in the air for a moment, long enough for Mithrax to ask. Who? Three scavengers, huddled together in a collapsed storm drain. They had stolen food during a, a time of famine. Maybe it was for themselves, maybe another settlement, maybe family. Shaq shrugged. I killed them, all three, with my bare hands. My victims were humans too, Shaq clarified and the Kel felt his anger twist into confusion. I was a warlord in the Dark Ages, convinced myself of the necessity of my own barbarism by painting it with noble colors. Those loyal to me built a legend that masked the blood and the rot. But it's still there. He tapped his fingers against his breastplate. Deep down. The shadows had become long. Stars now visible in the sky, and the Traveler was cast in half-shadow. There was a ship, Mithrax eventually replied. It may have been soldiers, civilians, I don't know. He looked away from the traveler as he spoke. I lit a boarding party into it. We slaughtered any who resisted and rounded up those who surrendered. Shax turned to look at Mithrax, a wordless question in his faceless mask. We argued what to do with the prisoners. Some suggested we keep them as warning trophies. Others said to barter with them. Mithrax looked away, shoulders sagged. But I was young, impatient. He closed his eyes. I opened the airlock. It seemed the 
simplest solution. Both soldiers sank into silence again and remained so, as the last glimpse of sunlight descend beyond the horizon. Shaq sullenly took his leave, and Mithrax was left with the remnants of anger and confusion, and paradoxically, an answer. He saw then the thread of choices leading to this moment. The choices that led to the great machine, and away from a fate like Aramis had suffered. It was something both he and Shax learned to accept in spite of a lifetime of experience telling them otherwise. Mercy. That's deep. Right? It is. Right? I mean, we learn more detail on Shax. Shax hasn't had a lot of stuff like that before, so now we know we've, he's done things that <clears throat> most wouldn't do. <clears throat> yep. 100%. Right. Like, whenever it's it's mentioned that he was a warlord, it always sounded like it was more noble than, yeah. than anything. Well, I mean, we, there was nothing about it. I mean, I've never been able to find anything about him being what, when, what he did as a warlord. No, there's nothing on, as far as I know. Painted it with noble now. colors. Yep. Uh, the only things that I remember were him, it, like the Arbalest, um, Lortab, and there was a web lore about him versus Felwinter. Or, sorry, yeah. a, a web lore about him versus uh, Felwinter. Mm. Now, I'm going to follow that up with one more, and this might cut into our, um, our TWAB time, which I'm totally okay with because this is the stuff that I really enjoy when it comes to Destiny is the lore. So I'm going to read one more, just one more, and uh, we'll end the lore segment with that. This is the lore for a shotgun that we're receiving in our kinetic slot from the Iron Banner called Riswalker. And the flash text goes, No, I will not allow a Fallen to fight in the banner. The right is reserved for Guardians alone. But if you insist, I may allow a Guardian to carry a Fallen forged weapon into battle. You are a weaponsmith, are you not? Lord Saladin, to an unknown elixir. And the lore is as follows. A hurled bottle strikes an elixir in the head, sending him staggering to the side in a crowded street. Glass glitters on the ground. People gathered in a semicircle around him shout incentives and slurs as he bleeds midnight blue from a deep cut in his brow. He was... He has nowhere to run. Cornered between a neon lit club pulsing with bass beats of rhythmic music and an alley blocked off by rubble left over from the Red War. Please, no harm. Rixus, friend, he cries, two hands clutching his head. Another held out flat as if it were to ward the crowd off. Looking for brother, missing, please. The crowd does not care and they continue to work themselves up into a fervor. Lakshmi 2's words fill their mouths, many of them too young or too naive to realize it. Hum, <coughs> hum, hint, hint. Rixus can't understand so many unfamiliar languages shouted at him at once, but he understands the tone of violence well. His posture says everything. The fear in his eyes carried additional nuance. He fears what happened to his brother. 
hate begins to take root in his heart. A foundry worker steps out of the crowd, threateningly racking a round into a shotgun. He aims down at the elixni, hands trembling. You want to ask about family? The human yells. Phrixus does not know what he's talking about. Your people kidnapped my sister. She was running supplies from Earth to Titan. You raided it. Rixus does not. He is cut off by a blast from the shotgun that pulverizes the street beside him. Rixus crumples to his knees and cowers. Please, he says, and in the same motion picks up a broken piece of the bottle he'd been hit with earlier to defend himself. The crowd screams in outrage. When the foundry worker advances on Vrixis and racks another round into the shotgun, there is a sudden cold snap that fills the air with mist. The shotgun flash freezes, shatters like glass, and scatters into pieces of blue-black stasis. The worker recoils, clutching his half-frozen arm, screaming. Vrixis sees the crowd part behind his attacker, and a hunter clad in black and gold with luminous markings on her armor strides towards them both. Darkness coalesces around her hand. Stasis crystals drift like tiny moons around her. That's enough, Aisha shouts. You should all be ashamed of yourself. Look at you. Aisha grabs the injured foundry worker by the collar with her free hand and shoves him back into the crowd. Clear out of here before I clear you out. Now. Wind swirls around Aisha's feet, kicking up crystalline debris and whirling threads of darkness. The crowd recedes like a violent tide, some tripping over others in their haste to flee. As the crowd disperses, Aisha dismisses the sickle of stasis, and the swirling wind at her feet fades as well. She turns, looking at Vrixis and offers a hand out to him. I'm sorry she says with a tightness in her voice. He cannot see her expression behind the faucet of her helmet. Vrixis does not take the offered hand. His eyes show the same fear, the same hate. It's okay, Aisha says slowly, offering her hand again. You're safe now, there. Not safe, Vrixis snaps at Aisha, his eyes dipping down to her hand and then back up to her helm. You are just like Aramis. Mind poisoned. Aisha's breath hitches in the back of her throat, and she slowly lowers the offered hand, closing gloved fingers into a briefly formed fist. You're hurt. At least let me escort you to a medical... Her voice trails off. Brixis is already backing down an alley, blue eyes locked on her. She feels a weight on her shoulders, and her heart... The elixir disappears into the shadows, leaving Aisha alone under an endless night sky. My God, damn! It's it's kind of heartbreaking because you see that this hunter's trying to do good, mm -hmm. and it's still just instilling fear. Yeah. Like, no matter what she does, the Elixir are going to be afraid of her because she wields stasis. And Lakshmi influence coming from the crowd's voices, whether they knew it or not. 
You know what else I find funny is that these lore tales are very similar to, shall I say, recent events within our own world. Not yeah. so long ago. Of course, they're not the same because, you know, we don't have a Lixney on Earth, but the situation and how it's unfolding and the way it's being twisted we've seen before. Well, reality influences fiction. Yeah, I just, uh, I find it very interesting. And uh, I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into it, obviously, but the thing that really interested me about this particular lore piece was the Lakshmi words filled their mouths, many of them too young or too naive to realize it. And then how that whole situation unfolded in the discussion that we had earlier relating to that. Yeah. No, it, it, this is definitely very, very good. Very interesting. Yeah. To see what's going yeah. on. I mean, what I like about this is the lore tabs that right now we're reading. It's telling a story of what's going on currently in the city that we don't get to see. We don't get to see this stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. And this is some deep, dark shit that's going on. I mean, this this the city is riddled with people in fear and people listening to false words. I understand where they're coming from. I understand where Lakshmi's coming from. I understand. The fallen for years have caused problems. But, I mean, not all of them are the same. I mean, look at Mithrax. He's, he's, he's a totally different kind of elixir that we've met before. Yeah. I mean, you can't get him the benefit of the doubt. Like, I mean, honestly. Well, and, and it, it I think that boils down to, you know, if a war criminal comes up to you and says, you know, I'm I'm trying to change or I have changed and they show you that they have, are you still going to be able to fully trust them? I mean, how do you think Shax would feel then at that point? I mean, that makes well, you wonder then, at that point, too. And and we saw that in the, the Survivor's Epitaph. You know, Shax and Mithrax had a, a little chat. And they saw a, a certain kind of kinship in each other, but it was awkward. Yeah. Well, it's hard to relate to somebody you've been killing for years or a race of people you've been killing for years. You know what I mean? It's hard to relate to something like that. <clears throat> Out of fear. Right. But in this season, and this is just my opinion, you know, again, I respect everybody else's opinion, even if it's indifferent from mine. But in this particular season, it seems as though we're finding some common ground and they seem to be fighting the same fight for a similar reason, which for me makes it a little bit easier to, shall I say, be empathetic to them, similar to Crow. Yeah. 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 See, Gator, that's why your team Lakshmi is a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I've been waiting to I mean, say that. 
and see, well, I, I just keep coming back to the idea that this season we're seeing the other end of every exploit that we've done against yes. Felix. Yeah. You know, we're we're seeing that they were the boogeymen for us for so many years, and now we've turned the tables to the point that we are their boogeymen. Yeah. You know, I with how the story's playing out this season, I, I keep going back to the book, I Am Legend. Yes. And I like how you said book. Yeah, the movie oh, yeah. was crap. I watched the movie, I'm sorry, it was crap. It was garbage. Will, I, I will say this. Will Smith did a good job with what he was given. Yeah, well, I mean... But the I mean, the I movie was it. still crap. That movie, I watched it, and I'm like, what the fuck happened? I'm what a Will Smith the... fan. I love that guy. Oh, yeah. Will Smith did an amazing job in it. Mm-hmm. The movie was still crap. Yeah. Absolutely. But, totally agree. But, yeah, the it, it's literally the book. I am legend because it's throughout the book the vampires are the boogeymen and then at the very end he sees the like he's gone through and experimented on them while they've slept he's killed them he's done all these kinds of things while they've slept and at the very end he sees the fear in their eyes and he remembers that or he, he realizes that you know I've become their boogeyman. Yep. I am legend. And and it's with how the story is playing out this season, I just keep coming back to that. Yep. Well, it, it also is kind of funny. This is I feel like so if you've noticed this season, I mean, I don't know if you, if you remember the the cuts one of the last things you did in season of arrivals, you went to that one spot and it showed you the cabal, the hive and the fallen, right? And the humans, right? All together in one spot. Yep. Do you remember that scene? That kind of thing. To think about it now, we've just, we've kind of, in a way, semi-allied with Kyle. And then we have Mithrax and House of Light. Interesting, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Just letting you know, Truth, I don't know if we're breaking up for you, buddy, but your video is breaking up a little bit and your audio is, but we still understood what you said. Okay, not for me. You guys are fine. <laughs> I haven't noticed anything yet. So, Yeah, just letting but, you know. No, I mean, it's end. just, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I'm like, this is, this is kind of a, an interesting thing because if, I mean, how I'm looking at it is Lightfall. We're going to be gathering all the forces of that we can to fight whatever the fuck's going to happen in that. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's called Lightfall, obviously, right? No. Still issues? No. No, you're you're oh, you're no coming issues. back to normal there. Now, here's a spin foil theory for for Lightfall. What if in the Witch Queen we actually create a a form of armistice with Savathun? Oh. Ooh, I mean that's what that's what I'm. Earth, yes, buddy, not Earth. Let us know what you think about that, my friend. <laughs> yes, please. Like, as much as I hate, and I hate it. Like, what if that is the twist 
that we're, we're deception. going to see. Yeah. Let me get you. Ooh. That's a heavy hitter. <laughs> and, and like, like I said, I, I would hate to see it because I want that witch dead. Yep. But like, if that is the case, because she's currently on the, the darkness's shit list. Um, because she's interfered with transmissions from them to us. Yep. Um, that that was what was happening in the Season of Arrivals interference missions. I mean, it was literally her interfering with the transmissions. Um, so she went into a little bit of hiding. She still got her forces out there and doing things in like the Harbinger mission and some of what we're seeing this season. But yeah. Couldn't agree more. Kai, what do you think of all this? Do you have anything to add, my friend? I'm not really. Oh, it's either been covered already or well, covered already. <laughs> or I've lost my train of thought. That's, that's that's probably the latter. It's probably the latter. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> more than likely. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's more than likely that one. Yeah. Well, real quick, I'm going to mention something real quick, just, just as a thought. Yep. But uh, last week's episode, the one we did with uh, Vesper and I, we did we did cover all of uh, Mithrax's lore. Um, just to give an idea of who he was and his character. That way, when people came in the season, you know, they would understand a little bit more about him. Um, Not Arf had mentioned me after listening to it. He said, he brought up some good points, but he says, the whole purpose of House Salvation and Aramis was to rid the Elixni's dependency on Ether, which is why in the cutscene from Beyond Light, you see her smashing a server. This is both the first time, this is not the first time that we see We've seen this. Um, we saw the House of Devils in D1 use Siva the same, to the same end. Um, which is pretty true. Um, yeah. <clears throat> he also brings up a couple more points. He says, Lakshmi only saw Mithrax in this, the ruins of the last city. It's very obscure what she saw and can be interpreted a couple ways. It could be that what she has seen is the aftermath of an attack in which Mithrax saves the last city and its people. Um, so that's, that's another good point to mention there. Um, he says, what you have to remember is that Lakshmi is still butthurt since no one listened to her when she warned the Vanguard about the Cabal and this ended up in the Red War. Um, so he did say that. So True. A lot of that's pretty true. Yeah. It, it is. I do and feel I mean, it heck, is political it, games. It, yep. And, and I mean, heck, there there was one audio clip. Um, and it was just this season uh, where Lakshmi got, actually talked about how, you know, nobody took them seriously when they yep. warned people about the Red War. 
and how you know she hopes that people take her seriously this time around yeah yeah not wrong not wrong at all now <clears throat> yeah it's, it's, it's some pretty good stuff i mean this is going to be a very interesting season to see how it play out especially when it comes to lore I, i'm honestly cannot wait to read the next two chapters to this book um mm -hmm. <laughs> i think this is gonna be very interesting to read because this is the this is what we're, we're earning weekly with the story progression just like uh in season last season um we earned which book was it it was called i think uh, pathfinding no no pathfinding was the new one i think um, it was captain's it was, Lock? No, Captain. It was either Empress or From the Front. One of the two of those. They were the ones we earned. It was I can't both remember. The was it both? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Empress was kind of a prequel to the entire season, and From the Front happened as the weeks went on. Oh, okay. Good to know. I never read them, so I don't, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So. Um. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, from the front was a a really good read, but you have to remember what was happening that week in order for it to make really sense. Just kind of make sense. I mean, this. Um, I mean, you could. I mean, you could read it without that. It, but it, remembering what happened that week adds to it. Yeah. Just like I mean, we're going to be behind a little bit when we read these books, obviously, because we're going to continue reading these books. Mm hmm. But I feel like it'd be better to be behind than it is to be too far ahead or to where we're not caught. We're not able to keep it Talk relevant. It. Yeah. 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 But no, this is this is definitely going to be a fun one to discover and talk about because it's just very interesting. I mean, you get to watch the both the political side of it and just how it, everything is going on in the city and what's going on exactly throughout everybody's minds and just see what they're seeing and, and what they're feeling for this. It's a great read. Sorry. Well, because, like, it, essentially it's it's two different storylines and we're seeing all aspects of it. You know, the, the Fallen coming into the city and us dealing with this endless night. Yeah. And it, that in itself is... I mean, the Fallen itself, that that Fallen storyline is going to be very politically charged. Yep. The yeah. the Vex part of it is only ch charged because of me and and my hatred for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the damn. What? She's not your favorite? I thought she was. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Far from it. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> There's a reason I apologize to you in advance before this episode, because, well, I'm obtuse and Truth's just a dick. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you, Sweat. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> he turned his camera back on just to flip me the bird. Yep. Well, <laughs> and pick his nose. <laughs> All right. He's always out of no treasure, Hunton. He's got treasure? 
apparently. So, so, Fuck you, Kai. So you're picking a winner? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any uh, final thoughts on the lore? No. I mean, that's kind of where it goes. Well, with that, we are going to wrap up the lore segment. We're going to take a short break. And when we get back, uh, we're going to dive into the TWAB. However, due to our extended time in the lore, which we are not regretting, by the way. (laughs) Oh, never. (laughs) Um, We are going to cut our TWAB time a little bit short. We are going to skip all of the Vault of Glass stuff because chances are most people are already up to date or actively doing that. Uh, if there's anything in the TWAB that you'd like to read, please check out the This Week at Bungie. What I will go over, however, is the statement regarding PvP that Bungie has made. And then we will go to our community questions. Uh, and then we will close out with our music for the playlist. And we'll say goodnight at that point. Uh, so, right after this. And welcome back. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. And in this segment, we are going to skip over a big part of the TWAB uh, just for time constraint reasons. But we are going to dive into the PvP section of the TWAB. And we also have an honorable mention in the TWAB as well regarding the expunged activity. So without further ado... Allow me to begin by first reading the TWAB, and then we'll get into the discussion of the PvP section. Once we are satisfied, then we'll move on to the expunged section from there. So. Alright, here we go. First, let's chat about Stasis, our fourth damage type in Destiny and the newest to join the fold. We've heard a lot of feedback about Stasis since its launch alongside Beyond Light in Season 12. Can you imagine that? And we've been using that feedback to help shape the future of the damage type. It's clear the vision we had for crowd control in PvE is succeeding, and players are finding it both useful and fun. We love how stasis plays in pve and we want to preserve that experience but we agree with many in the pvp community who say that stasis is too dominant in the crucible for too little effort or skill required no shit i mean or skill required over the last few weeks we've been open with you that we're taking this feedback to heart and working hard to reel in this great new power We adore the long legacy of Bungie PvP games and want the PvP combat sandbox to live up to that adoration. Kind of reminds me of the adored sniper rifle. This means we want the Crucible to be as fun for as many players as possible while also serving up those moments of skillful execution and incredible plays. It's a tight rope to walk and frankly we've overcorrected during development when considering whether stasis would live up to arc solar and void stasis and crown control <clears throat> crowd control sorry are key components of the destiny combat sandbox they're not going anywhere meaning it's up to us to ensure that stasis plays well across all activities regardless of skill level 
what you'll find detailed in this TWAB is a series of changes we believe will more evenly position stasis alongside void, solar, and arc subclasses as an equal option rather than a dominant, while retaining what is fun about the ability set. <clears throat> I need a weapon! So, <laughs> that's actually written in there. Since Forsaken, we've been slowly creeping towards a crucible where it feels like gunplay has taken a backseat to our sweet cosmical magical powers. We believe this is the wrong place for the crucible to be. And we want to shift the balance more towards weapons. To us, the crucible plays best when weapons and abilities have complementary usage in any given encounter. When we set out to define what our vision looked like for the future of Guardian versus Guardian combat, it boiled down to a few key pillars. Number one, weapons, 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 are the primary way players engage with combat. Non-super abilities, accentuate or augment the combat, but should rarely solve an encounter by themselves. Abilities have clear strengths, weakness, and counterplay. And last, build crafting is rewarding within the moment-to-moment -moment combat loop of destiny. Behind the scenes, we've been executing on these pillars by planning out a roadmap of patches that we believe will not only get stasis to where it needs to be for PvP, but also sets us up to shift the PvP combat sandbox in a meaningful way toward more gunplay, like we've been crying for ever since the launch of Forsaken Bungie, I mean, <coughs> Vanilla D2, sorry. Don't make a promise. Our first patch in this roadmap was released in March and was developed separately alongside Season 14. Unfortunately, due to the pace is already moving at the time, some changes were made that buffed stasis and were not consistent with our goals. We're working hard to ensure that when we release the hotfix patches, we can realign all of the moving pieces to exist more cohesively. Please pardon our dust as we work to get fixes and door features out to you in a timely manner. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Next, we have some details for the next week's hotfix below. As you'll see, there are a lot of changes to go over here, and they're all focused on stasis. Stasis, stasis, stasis. This patch is something we've moved up from Season 15 to help smooth over some of the pain points players have been feeling. It's important to note here, that shifting our focus like this comes at a considerable cost to the team. So it's unlikely that mid-season patches of this scope will become a regular occurrence. Highlight that previous sentence. Which basically means they've heard the Guardians and they're going to take immediate action to give us some relief but don't get used to it. But they're capable of doing it. Alright, moving on. Once this patch has shipped we'll be diving back into season 15. We, sorry, where we are planning to deliver another balance patch focused on updates to the light subclasses while continuing to iterate on stasis. The goal here is to address some key pieces of feedback and make more of the light subclasses viable across the game. After season 15, things become a little more nebulous because we're still in early development. 
What if they can talk about are our areas of focus to help paint a picture of where we're headed? We'll be looking at ability regeneration rates, redesigning how the ability energy economy works across the game. Our goal here is to keep the PVP, sorry, PVE experience largely similar to the state of the game today to reduce how often abilities are used in Crucible. After that, we'll be taking a long held look at the Void, Solar and Arc subclasses to re-examine each subclass path and how they fit into the combat sandbox. <coughs> Quote, Our best days are still ahead. I know some of this feels like a tease, and I hope to speak to you all again in the future when we have more to show. Like Joe mentioned in our Beyond Light Viduck, Destiny's best days are still ahead of us. I truly believe that. Our love for this game burns bright. I hope what's written above speaks to that and inspires you all the way I feel inspired when I think of our future at Bungie. Yes, no, yay, nay, fuck! <laughs> What the fuck? I, I know. I, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. I got into character. Maybe got carried away a little bit. But the message is the same. Oh, no. That was beautiful. It's just everything else. Oh, thank you. The The idea was to keep people engaged. Is that what that was? I was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. It's like, did we get a, did we get someone like, did we get like some weird guy just to jump in the podcast chat for some reason or what? I know, what his happened? name is like Truth Lives. What a fucking loser. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, just kidding. I love you, buddy. <laughs> what do you guys think about that, though? We'll Elvis, start with you, we'll, we'll start with Elvis. <clears throat> I'm all for it. Um, I, I personally have felt a lot of the pain like I'm, I'm primarily a PVE guy, but I enjoyed going into PVP up until season of the worthy. Sorry, season of the slides. And unworthy. I, I, I enjoyed the slides, so that's what I'm talking about. So, yeah. But like, before season of the slides, I actually enjoyed PVP. I, I wasn't great at it. You know, I, I'd come out with like a 1.2 KD. Um, but I didn't mind jumping into a PvP match. Yeah. Solo or with a team. Ever since Season of the Slides, you know, it, it was a, a, a hard light meta. It wasn't rectified until Beyond Light. I mean, they tried rectifying it before that, but it wasn't truly rectified. Um, yeah. But then when Beyond Light came out, Thasis became the pain point. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really enjoyed PvP in about a year. I still go yeah. in for Pinnacles, and, and you know, as soon as I get my third match out of the way or you know i get my my seasonal challenge done i'm out you know i i just i don't enjoy pvp yeah 
So I'm all for these changes. I'm just worried about them doing as many changes as they have listed all at once. Yep. Because I'm afraid of what's going to break. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I'm, I am kind of worried that what they're doing is they're doing it too fast, too much, and too quick. <clears throat> yep. And they kind of yeah. did say, don't get used to it, but we're going to focus on this for the immediate relief. And then we're just going to go back to doing what we were doing to basically shut everybody up. Kind of. Yeah. It, 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 right now, I feel like it's, ban it's a Band-Aid, but obviously they did state this this was planned for next season. From what yeah. I remember. So this at least tells you that, hey, we're listening. We were working on something. It's just we weren't able to, we weren't planning on taking it out this early, but because it's causing so many problems, we're going to do it now. Which is nice. It is. Yeah. It, it means that Bungie really is listening. Mm -hmm. It, it might level. not seem like it. Right. Like, it might not seem like it most of the time, but they really do listen every now and then. Yeah. I wonder what kind of PvP maps we're going to get next season. Oh, boys. Not next season, sorry. Next expansion. You know, honestly, I've been waiting for maps for a while. I mean, if you think about it, we have a new planet. We have the Cosmodrome back. Why, why haven't we gotten anything from them? I mean... Who knows? Could be in the works, for all we know. At this yeah. point. I would I'm really just... love a PvP map in... Um, it like Europa lends itself mm -hmm. to three different three different PvP maps. Something yep. in the Vex areas, something out in the the cold where the colony is, and something in Braytech. I yep. want what in the labs. Right, <laughs> like that would be the most exciting. Yep. The best architecture too. I mean, you think about it. That's a lot of really good. It's. I mean, it's not like it'd be kind of like in a way. I guess you could say it would be kind of like. Uh, map is it i'm trying to think of it it's the anomaly i think it is from the moon the one where it's really small and all of it's yes. mostly enclosed it'd be kind of like that because it's not it's not got a lot of open areas where you can jump real high or anything like that you're kind of restricted with close quarters things like that well i mean i guess you could also do space station too from the actual raid i mean mind you we did oh, break it, yep. but you could still technically do it that would actually be fun yep it's like a lot of fun you do it in the spot. You could do it in the remains of the space station. Yeah, exactly. There's all kinds of things. The fact that they didn't do it when Beyond Light came out gives, is, a, is a problem. I mean, they had so many opportunities to design a map based on these architecture areas, and they didn't. Big question of why. Why didn't they take the opportunity to do that? Yeah. Is, this, is, is it the team is too spread out, or it's too too thin to do this or is it because they're focusing on that other game that they're making they say that they're not like they're, they don't have the two teams separate or anything like that that the, that's a totally separate team building that game but it makes you wonder you know like what is exactly going on behind the scenes that is causing this to not be done <clears throat> yeah I don't know. It's just a thought. It's just something you want to keep in the back of your mind. It's like, 
what is going on that they they didn't think of this or anything. I'm not bungee bashing or anything. I'm just saying that this is something we could think of. It's just, yep. you know, makes you wonder. For myself, Absolutely. this, it's, it's a little strange, really. Because, um, like Elemist, I was very much only and strictly a PvE guy for the longest time. Like, ever since I started playing Destiny. Um, and I didn't get any Destiny 1 experience. For those of you who are not aware, uh, I started playing just before Forsaken was launched. And, uh, like I said, I just, I, uh, I dreaded going into PvP. I hated it. Um, let me see. What's the gun called? Recluse, I believe it was. Um, a lot of the guys that I was in a party or a fire team with, you know, we do nightfalls or we whatever it was. And they're like, you know, do you have a recluse? Because it's really strong in PvE. Or do you have a mountaintop? It's really good in PvE. And I was like, no, I don't have any of these things. How do you get them? And they're like, oh, well, you have to go into PvP in order to get it. So I would try. And literally, I just hated my life. Like, I... <laughs> I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to do it. I did not enjoy PvP at all because, well, let's face it, and I'll be honest, I was really bad at it. <laughs> um, however, there came a time where I was kind of peer pressured a little bit, and I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go out and get all this shit. So I went and got a recluse. I went and got a revoker. I went and got a Luna's Howl. And later on down the road, my mountaintop. But excluding the mountaintop, those three pinnacle weapons I got within the span of two weeks. Because I said enough is enough. I'm going to force myself to go and get these weapons and do nothing else but crucible. Um, And I'm glad I did because ever since I've lost the fear of crucible still doesn't mean that i was good <laughs> now i will say this though this season the previous season maybe even the season before as things have been getting more difficult we've been dealing with cheaters we've been dealing with everything that just makes crucible more difficult i have forced myself to go from not just xbox where i started playing destiny but even went to pc and dealt with the cheaters and forced myself into crucible and forced myself into trials and continued doing this and even comp i've gone flawless all of four times which is four times more than i've ever gone <laughs> may i add I still have yet to get um, Legend in Glory, but I can go flawless four times apparently. But I feel stronger now as a PvP player dealing with all that shit and forcing myself in there than I've ever felt. And I've managed to hit 30 um, kills in games, like almost even 40. Um, I've come, I'm starting to see like progress is what I'm trying to say. Um, it's not like I go in there and walk in with a 0 0.4 KD anymore. And it, it feels 
amazing because I know that frustration when it comes to PvP. I know what it's like to want to be able to go in there, and I also understand why people don't. 100%. For myself, personally, because I forced myself in there, I swallowed the frustration, <laughs> and I'll tell you, it wasn't fucking easy. I'm glad I did, because if they're going to truly balance it, I feel like what I'm doing now is going to make me a stronger PvP player for when it's truly balanced. So time will tell. I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. I'm not going to hold my breath. For now, I'm just going to hope and continue doing what I'm doing because I still want to get that unbroken title. That is my ultimate PvP goal. And once I get the unbroken title, you can bet I'm going to be like trying to tell everybody about it and be like, oh my God, I did it. Not because I want to rub it in people's faces, but because where I started, I didn't believe I could do it. And that is why. Anyways, enough about me and PvP. I'll shut up now. Anybody else? <laughs> Kai? Nah, I, I had nothing. All right. Elmas, did you have anything to add as well? Uh, just that I'm, I'm glad that they're actually touching PvP. Um, because, I mean, I, I was looking at the last maps that actually got released, and they were in Season of the Worthy. Yeah. You know... There were three maps in Season of the Worthy that got released. Were and... they removed by chance? No. Okay. No. Uh, it's Anomaly, Exodus Blue, and Cauldron. Okay, yep. Three Destiny 1 maps. Yep. So but just like, reissued content. Yep. But, like, they had to actually test them because we move differently than in D1. Yeah. So like they they had to make sure that we wouldn't um break out of bounds by just our current movements. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm glad that they're actually doing something for PVP. Even if it's just tuning stasis. Yep. All right, and with that, we have one more honorable mention for the TWAB regarding the expunged content. Uh, let's see here. So they're discussing that for the first four weeks of new expunged missions, players should expect to earn a piece of high stat seasonal armor in addition to some decrypted data on their first time through each mission. Once players have earned their high stat armor set by completing the first four missions, uh, remaining weekly expunge missions upon first completion will reward a seasonal weapon with an additional perk choice in the final column instead of an armor piece. As well, starting on June 15th, the new Pinnacle Activity Challenge will roll out connected to expunge missions, providing an additional Pinnacle reward source each week for the remainder of the season. This coincides with an additional layer of replayability being introduced to expunge missions along with unveiling the final three splicer gauntlet upgrades, which will provide additional rewards and a source of high stat slash double perk seasonal gear 
from Expunge each week for as long as the activity is available to players. And uh, there's also some hot fixes and patch notes. Um, if you guys are interested in reading that information, we are going to skip over it for the purpose of this episode. Uh, so I do encourage you to go and read this week's TWAB. Can I have one thing? Yes, sir. So I don't know if anyone noticed this, but they removed the cost to apply shaders to uh, armor. I don't know if it costs anything to apply to weapons, but they did remove the cost to apply shaders because they are permanent unlocks now. You don't need to do that anymore. So they removed that or that thing is there. It stayed I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Makes sense, though. Yeah, so they've got quite a few. They they fixed some armor things and some shaders and you know things like that. So that's pretty cool. But I figured I'd mention that one real quick because that was kind of interesting to see that they had, had removed that. I'm like, that's fucking nice. I don't have to spend a thousand or whatever it was to put on fucking shaders. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, the the one the one thing that I want to point out is they reduced the kill requirements to unlock the uh, null composures gambit blanket. The hell was it costing? <laughs> what did it cost? Well, no. So, 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 there was one part of the actual quest that, um, no matter how much you did, it didn't seem to get past like five percent, one percent. Um, like I went in and did four different gambit matches, and the actual quest itself just says defeat enemies. You know, defeat targets in Gambit with fusion rifles, rapidly defeat them with fusion rifles, and defeat them with solar weapons. And it, like, I have currently 3,100 points, and I was at 1%. Um, when, after they've adjusted it, now it's a 25,000 cap. So I'm currently sitting at like 12%. And that's after three matches. Um, so like they, they just adjusted the the total needed because it for some reason that was bugged. It was much higher than it should have been. Yeah. So that, that is nice that they did fix that. Yeah. And it was like a, a mountaintop situation where all they did was change the actual requirement. They didn't change how much you earned already. Yeah. Good to know. All right. Anything else to add there last minute? Nothing nope. to my end. Nothing at all. All right. And that brings us to the end of our TWAB segment. And last, we are going to do our community questions, music picks for the playlist, and we'll close it out. So let's uh, let's jump right into the questions for the show. So, Elemist. My good friend, Redacted, asks, if you could bring forward any weapon from D1 with the guarantee 
that you would be the only one to have it, but you would immediately have an area-wide bounty on your head anytime you pulled it out to use it. Which would it be? Ooh. Loaded question. <laughs> Except that's a D2 weapon. Um... The only one that's coming to mind is the comedian. Ah. Copy. So like, so, like, I could just see myself running around with a shoddy. <laughs> I'm all right with this. <laughs> I like it. Truth, would you like to move us into our next question? Yeah, sorry. I was looking up a gun real quick. I wanted to find out what the fuck the comedian was. Okay, I found <laughs> it. Sorry. I don't remember <laughs> it off the top of my head. <laughs> sure, I'll bring us into the next question. So, Redacted asks, you have a deck of cards and Savathun has challenged you. Which game would you play for the fate of your light? Ooh. That is tough. I mean, strip poker is an option. <laughs> oh, God, no. God, no. Oh. <laughs> or Gwent. <laughs> oh, I can see your worm. All right. Um... <laughs> Tune in next time to Elemist Only Fans. <laughs> oh, God. Uh... Review. I would actually... Coming back. Sorry. <laughs> I would actually play a game called Queens. Okay. Um, essentially, the way the game is played is each player is dealt four cards face down. You can't see what they are. Um, on your first turn, you can see what two of them are. Your whole goal is to get as least points as possible. Aces count for one, queens count for zero. Okay. Interesting. Never so heard like, of that one. It I I don't know if it was just a game that my uncle thought up or what. Cause like I used to go over to my uncle's every weekend and we played poker. Yeah. Um but there came a time where we just got bored of poker and the different variations. So he was like, Hey, how about this game? Cool. So, yeah. Nice. All right. All right. Your real life job involves cybersecurity. Has there been anything about Season of Spicer that has that has either A been like a wet dream for you or B blue balled you because they were so close to something epic? <laughs> uh so A the environment. Oh my god. I, I love the Tron aesthetic. Mm hmm Like, that has given me such a boner. Um... <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> no, he's right. I'm right there with him. But, but like, the B aspect of that is just 
the fact that they're not going into the whole like digitization they're not talking about like how it's happening or anything like that it's just oh hey we can do it yeah like i like seeing a kind of like how it's done and we're not getting any of that gotcha All right, Redacted asks, Elimist, love your podcast, but your co-host is definitely way prettier than you. <laughs> Does hair toss, but still has helmet on. Tell me, Ada One is definitely acting strange since she came back to the city, and so is Lakshmi too. <coughs> Shit, excuse me, sorry. <coughs> All right, I'm good. Are they both corrupted by Savathun? <laughs> Has Savathun taken over all Exos? Is Savathun Ikora Ray? No one would suspect her. Please share your thoughts. Um, no redacted, or no, no anonymous. Um, my co-host Orchid is Savathun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Redacted asks, why is Savathun your favorite character? <sighs> so, so like... <clears throat> we should probably also get the next question in because this is going to be answering both which is true so all right in that case all okay right. uh this one's from not arf uh what is it about savathun that triggers you so much so there it, it's the simple fact that whenever anything even remotely seems like it's pointing towards you know trickery or you know somebody being led down a path that they weren't expecting the entire lore community points to Savathun and and more than the lore community like we have dreamers who don't dive into the lore that much point to Savathun yeah it's not always her and by attributing everything to her you're giving her more power <laughs> um so like it for me, it's it's more of the fact that like everybody attributes everything to her. I went on a a tirade, and I I don't remember if it was on our podcast or if it was just in an Xbox party chat. Um, but then people are like, "Wow, you got really triggered from that," and <laughs> I just I started playing that up for entertainment's sake. Yeah, <laughs> to That's the point awesome. that like. I, I call her the witch queen, or I refer to her as her, and I, I put the emphasis in there. Um, but yeah. And, yeah. And to be honest, I mean, whenever a god of cunning and trickery is involved, it, it's almost like the writing can get a little sloppy. 
because then it's like, oh well, it's it's all Sabathun's doing. Yep. Yep. I can totally understand that one hundred percent. So what you're saying is, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, truth, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that is the end of the redacted. Do you want to reveal all redacted questions now or after the fact? Because we still have other questions. What, what should we do? What should we do? What do you think? What do you think we should do? Should we make them wait until the end of the, the actual uh, question segment? Or should we just keep or, or should we tell them now? Mm. Well, for the next questions, we're going to be reading the names. So we may as well just tell them now. Fine, fine. All right. So <clears throat> go ahead. So you take the one you read. Yep. So the very first one uh, that was read to you was. Let me hear your guess. Uh, I'll I'll give you a briefing on it. If you could bring forward any weapon from D1 with the guarantee that you would be the only one to have a question. Who do you think that was? Well, that doesn't have Orchid Sass, so I don't think it's her. Uh, and it doesn't have Arf's spin foily background, so no. I don't know. This question had come from Green-Eyed Music Lover. Okay. I can see that now, actually. <laughs> truth would you yeah. like to reveal your redacted question sure give a deck of cards and seven has challenged you that's that's a, that's the question in, in case who do you think that was i think that's green and you win a prize She's very creative with her questions. Yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. 10 points of Green Eye Music Lover. Come join our show. We'd love to have you as a guest. <laughs> right. All right. Now on to mine. Oh, your real life job involves cybersecurity. That was the question. Oh, uh, who do you think it was? So that's somebody that knows me. So that narrows it down a lot. Ooh. Green. Correct. I'm guessing it's green. Okay. God damn it, Truth. You got to mix this shit up. Great. <laughs> this is exactly how I pulled it from Discord. Leave me alone, okay? You could have mixed it up. You know what? You, oh, you, you, should, you should hit the shuffle button. <laughs> there is no shuffle button, dude. You think I wouldn't? Fucking pull the rest of your stash out. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the fact that it, it said, you know, you work in cybersecurity, that, that, you know, before Pretty coming specific. onto the podcast, it limited it down to like three or four people. Yeah. <laughs> See, and it we didn't don't sound like quite a few of them. So we don't have like a speed run round. So we got to make something, right? So we do the redacted thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All hey, right. Try. So uh, another redacted question that we had. Elder Mist, 
love your podcast, but your co-host is definitely way prettier than you. Who do you think that was? Oh, I know that one right off the bat. That's that's Orchid. <laughs> Hands down, like give this man a medal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that. That was yeah. Sorry, Orchid. <laughs> I couldn't hide it. It's, it's hard. Not that, to. that was that was Savathun herself. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, the last question was. Why is Savathun your favorite character? Who sent that one in? I think that's Orchid. Damn it! Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, well, well, like, he's on to you. I, I missed the first one. I missed the first one. No. No. There's no way. I mean, he definitely knows the next one. It's not redacted, but he knows. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with the redacted out of the way, let's go with this. Azanis asks, which version of Elemist are you? The simple Ketron gamer? The half-biological, half-machine consciousness, or the omnipresent entity that can see the very fabric of reality. I really love this one because this is actually diving into Animorphs lore. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to go with the simple Ketrin. And you heard it here. Yeah. I can't (laughs) manipulate or, or create life forms or anything and i i don't play an intergalactic chess game with people's lives so you know i'm the last one (laughs) or the one that's left over senor truthler (sighs) all right sharp valor asks question for the guest savathun zebra wrath and orcs walk into a bar what happens next? The word logic. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so I sword logic. That means uh Sheriff Allen, yes. do you do you want to be a host of the Guardians Ghost Cast? We can get rid of truth. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just Fuck joking. You. <laughs> Fuck you. Wow. <laughs> that is messed up, man. Oh, just joking, buddy. <laughs> Oh, but like that is an amazing destiny joke, though. Savathun, mm-hmm. Wrath, and Oryx walk into a bar. Sword logic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man, works for me. I see no better <laughs> answer to that one. Honestly, yeah. yeah. No, he and like no pause either. It was like right there. All right, this one is from TDO117. How dumb are Dorgons? Pretty dumb. They are just <laughs> literally moving security cameras. You're wrong, actually. You're not wrong. <laughs> With the ability to yeet you out of existence. No big deal. Well, yeah. <laughs> I get to meet them for the first time uh, in Vogue. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, oh, fuck. I was like, I, I can take care of these. Actually, we did no, get the triumph. We, we did get the triumph of killing two of them within however many seconds of each other that we needed to get. Three seconds. Mm, we did get that challenge. Um, just out of curiosity and touching on that triumph, has anybody else gotten that? Yep. No. Fuck. And I recorded it. We've gotten close, but you, we failed. How'd you do it, Elemist? I'll share my um, answer after you. So we had a tether. We had two thunder crashes. We had everybody had swords. Um, there was an anarchy. Like we just unloaded everything on them, and we they were deleted from reality in like <laughs> less than a second. The way we I did act- it, pretty simple. I, yeah. Three people, one of which is a hunter, which means dodge to reload your weapon. Just a little hint. Every single one of us using Wardcliff coil. Uh, yeah. 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 Done. Yeah. Because <laughs> Wardcliff Wordlift takes about a third of its health away. Yep. And all three of us, bang, 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 done. Just fucking dodge to reload. And if there's anything left over, just toss it. Done. And and see, my team did it before we even realized that Wardcliff did that much damage. <laughs> um, like I I have an actual clip of us deleting these two. Gorgons, and it's <laughs> it is amazing. It's awesome. I love it. And it, it was funny because I'm the only hunter in in that that run, um, mm-hmm. using void. So like, uh-huh. I'm waiting for one of my teammates to say go, and I'm I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, all right, all right, it's it's gonna happen any moment now, and he's sits there frantically, go, 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 go. And we all panicked. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, Gorgons are uh, not something I would tamper with in real life. Fuck no. Fuck that shit. God, no. <laughs> God, no. That's a bad idea. You want to die? That's a good way to do that. No, truth. Fuck no. that. It, no, no, truth. No, 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 no. It's not a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> and and you wouldn't die. You just would cease to exist. Yeah. Because at yeah. least if you died, there would be a body left. Mm-hmm. No, you're getting completely aborted 20 years after the fact. Or however Fuck. Long, 20, 30, 40, whatever many years after the fact. It's a late-term abortion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking Gorgons. Dicks. <laughs> um, well, and, All right. And, like, oh, go and, ahead. And, and, and like, that, that also brings up the fact of, like, I'm pretty sure that there were six people in the first Vault of Glass fire team. Yeah. But three of them got written out of existence, so we don't know about them. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, 
uh, we have records. Like there's a, a entry about Kabir saying, you know, I feel like somebody was there, and I don't know how we opened the vault, but three of us opened the vault. <laughs> three of us left, but we don't know how the fuck it happened. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like fuck. Yeah, no, mm-mm. fuck that shit. Mm, nope, <laughs> nope, fuck that. Fuck you, fuck that. <laughs> fuck your world, fuck that. No, fuck no. Right. All right, we have Hyper, I don't know, Saint? 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 Hyper, hyper, sna- hyper Snake Saint, what I'm assuming. Hyper Saint? Hyper Okay. HYP3RSINT4X, mostly hypersaint, asks In the helm, we've got the Elixiny House of Light taking up the West Wing. What are the chances Keitel's legions will take up the East? Loaded question. I like it. It would be cool. Uh, you know, it, it depends on what happens at the end of this season mm-hmm. um because like i can just see the helm being where we gather our forces yeah but that also means that we would be inviting the cabal into the city yeah or at least the tower and we see how much trouble inviting the elixni has been so like mm-hmm. it would be cool but it would also bring up a whole lot of other political issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I could see that getting dirty real fast. Oh, yeah. Especially those betraying scions behind Keitel that she doesn't sanction. Jesus Christ. Right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Truth. Would you like to move us into our next question? Sure. Sorry, multitask. I'm doing a bunch of weird shit. Sorry. How dare you? <clears throat> All right. Night Demon asks, what would you do if you had to give up video games for the rest of your life? I would have a Klondike bar. Dude, that fucking shit a brick. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would take up other hobbies like you know drinking. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Come shit. to the dark side. Fuck, dude. Like, I, I I honestly don't know because I gaming has been such a large part of my life that yeah I feel like I would lose a part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Uh, If I had to answer that question, oh, and I hate to say it, but honestly, I think I would be like one of those physical fitness freaks. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that, but whenever I was in high school, I did a lot of that. Um, And I'm kind of starting to get back into it again, because, and I mean, I think I told, I I told Elemis this, um, off air but most people who know me and have heard me on the show i'm i'm an open book i don't care about talking about this kind of shit but i went down a 
pretty dark path at one point in my life and time and abused the shit out of substances that I prefer not to tell you unless asked and then I'll tell you everything. But anyways, um, since getting clean, I have gained 70 pounds. Now, for most of my life, I've been a pretty small guy, pretty short. I'm five, six. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. But uh, I've been between 110 and 120, basically my and from high school on um, drugs didn't help that since getting clean. I am now 180. I've gained like 70 pounds. <laughs> I have a belly now for once. I know what it's like to fucking sweat for once. I've never experienced that in my life. So I went and bought some shoes and uh, I'm starting to get back into walking and hopefully start some jogging and running and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I'm starting to do something about it now. But I think if I didn't have video games, I would probably be a physical fitness freak and I never would have stopped. I just realized myself, Truth, and Kai haven't been answering these these questions. Truth, Kai, any anything? <laughs> Honestly, See, I, I go ahead, Truth. Oh no, you're good. Go ahead. I'll let you answer first. You you have a better answer than I do, probably. Maybe, but you go first. Fuck you! I don't want to go first. Uh, truth, I believe the mic is handed to you. Truth, what what would you do without video games? Damn it! I hate all of you! <laughs> of course, you make me answer first. No, you know, honestly, if I didn't have video games, I probably wouldn't. I don't, I don't know what I would do, honestly. Probably I have no more kids. Fuck that! <laughs> Fuck I would have a football too. team by now. Yeah, see, he wouldn't books. plan it. He would constantly say, wrap it before you tap it. Oh, shit, I got another kid. <laughs> Shut up! Leave you alone. I can be how I want to be, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I probably would read books. Truth. I love reading books. Yeah, I have a lot of book series I read when I'm bored. Nice. Nothing wrong with that at all. Oh. Mr. Kai. Honestly, for me, I would. It, I would actually probably have uh, time for a couple other hobbies of mine that I never touch anymore because of video games. Um, it I I get back into art and also writing. Yeah, can I add one to mine? I'd probably play a lot more guitar <laughs> and probably I... drawing up tattoo art because I draw all my own tattoos and therefore probably a lot more tattoo flash art. <laughs> and I would probably actually dive into like tabletop RPGs. Nice. I probably still wouldn't uh, still wouldn't play them or be able to get into them really. So, yeah. it, a lot of it <laughs> involves having the right group of people that you're jumping in with. Yeah. If you didn't have any games at all, though, I'm kind of curious. What 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 would be your thing? Uh, no games at all. Um, yeah. Probably diving more into comics and just books. Nice. Um, I I read a lot as a kid. As an adult, my reading has kind of dwindled a little more. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, 
I would just read more. Nice. Oh, and ping pong for me. I fucking love that game. <laughs> I was never good at it. So it'd be annoying me on that one. Mm -hmm. But well I guess it's more of a sport, I guess, not really a game. Anyways, I digress. Anything else to add, Truth? No. <laughs> I think we burned right. the poor guy. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, on to the last question. This one's from No One Responds in RL. In real life. Comes from the uh, Two Titans and a Hunter podcast show. If you lived in a video game, which one would it be? Ooh, Pokemon. That was going to be my answer. Yes. <laughs> Because you can literally walk around, beat up twelve year old twelve year olds and their animals and get money from them. <laughs> you can breed your own animals and sell them for money. Like it would and be not so get easy. shot. Right. Like it would be <laughs> so easy to just cash like be it would be so easy to have cash just flowing out of your your pockets because no matter where you look, you're earning it. Yeah. Sweaty, what about you? Oh, I was going to say the exact same thing, Pokemon. But if I had to change into a different answer, hmm. You know... There's a certain game. I mentioned it before. And Kai will remember this. I don't know if Truth will. And I'm not sure if Elemis even knows of this game. Now, the game that's very similar to the game of my interest is Final Fantasy. We all know of Final Fantasy. However, if I could live in a game, it would be called Golden Sun. Ooh. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I mentioned Golden Sun and everybody's like, what? Crickets, crickets. And I'm like, if you don't know Golden Sun, you're not a true Nintendo gamer. <laughs> okay. I, I can I can get behind that. Yeah. I mean, well, okay, so this is Nintendo handheld games. I grew up in the nineties. Um I did not start on the original Game Boy, but on the color. Now, before getting my own color, I had played somebody else's original Game Boy to play Pokemon Red when it was released in the Americas. Um, and then from there on, it was like my console of choice, just handheld Nintendo. Fucking loved it. Uh, but whenever I got my DS, somebody handed me a cartridge of... Dark Dawn, which is the third installment of Golden Sun. And I was like, oh, man, this is such an amazing game. And they're like, OK, well, if you like that, then you need to pull out your Game Boy Advance SP. You need to put this cartridge into it and then this cartridge being the original uh, and then the second installment. Um, and I was like, what the fuck? 
I've been sleeping on this game. I've never heard of this game before. I've never seen advertisements for this game before. But if I play Super Mario Smash Bros, I can see that there's a certain Isaac character that nobody seems to know anything about. Now I do. Wow. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a computer out there, please install a Game Boy Advance emulator and install the ROM for Golden Sun. It if you if you like the old school pixelated turn-based Final Fantasy, so like Final Fantasy 3, Final Fantasy 4, you'll like this game. You will like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Earth, any thoughts? If I lived in a video game, which one would I want? Fuck, I don't know. Card. There's a lot of games I'd like to play. Are you going to say Go Fish? (laughs) Trying to think. Um, Uno. Man, I don't know. There. That's hard. There's a lot of games that are really good, really good stories that are. It's hard to pick one that would be interesting to live in. There was one oh. game you were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you go ahead, Kai. You know him better than I do. Well, I, I, I'll I'll just gonna say I'll go ahead, go and give Truth a little more a little more um, time to think, because I have mine. Okay. It it's very well. It would be very unconventional to say this. And it'll it'll also be very terrifying given the premise of the game. But I would love it either way. Uh, any of the Monster Hunter games. Yes. If any... Yeah. I, I I would love it. I would fucking be terrified of hell, but I would love it. Now, that being said, like, I, I'm going to sidetrack for a moment. Yeah, have go ahead. Monster Floor's Hunter. yours. Have you seen the Monster Hunter movie? Oh, yes. I own it. Beautiful. I own it. I just haven't watched it yet. Okay. Because, like, I, I have my own personal opinions about it, but. Yeah. I, I, I already know it's not that great. It's just I got it because. One, I like the I, I like the actress, and two, oh yeah, it's a Monster Hunter movie, and I'm pretty much going to be watching it, thinking it's just an action movie, basically. That it's not really yeah. even close to being Monster Hunter, so I'm just going in knowing I'll enjoy it just off that premise. Yeah, see, my opinion might not count because. I have little to no experience in Monster Hunter, <laughs> but I like the movie. I, I the only problems that I have with the movie is that it took an hour to get ten minutes of story. Yeah, and that was the only ten minutes of story that we actually got. <laughs> Everything else was focused on actually killing the monsters which i mean that's the whole premise of the series but it's a movie there there needs to be some kind of a story yeah yeah exactly 
Truth, what was that uh, Games with Gold Xbox game that you had liked? Similar to Diablo? Oh, you're talking about... Um... Shit, I have the name in my head right now. I just can't think of the name. You know what, what I'm talking called? about. I'm going through it right now. I'm looking at my game list right now on the console. I'm trying to find it. I know you're uh, pretty excited about that game. The... Which one? My guess is Vikings. Yeah, the Viking game. You're pretty no, excited when that game come out. I liked it. It's a good. It's a good game. I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't want to live in that universe. I'm just saying, not my thing. Yeah, but <clears throat> I'm a science fiction guy. Give me a science fiction game world, okay? Just saying. Oh, just, just saying. There, oh there was also another one that you were heavily interested in more than me, which was the uh, uh, Warhammer of Inquisitor. Oh yeah, okay. So if Warhammer is actually a really good universe. I wouldn't mind living in yes, a Warhammer universe. It's a really good one. But I would not. Why? That one. Sure, it's fucked up. But I mean, what else? What other? What other game universe isn't fucked up? Let's be honest here. I mean, look at Destiny. I would it's rather. Real fucked up. I would rather yeah. stick with Monster Hunter if that says anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Well, you have no taste. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. And, I love and, you. You know, if 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 I could not choose the Pokemon universe to live in, I would probably go with an obscure world uh, like Zoid's Legacy. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, Zoid's was a series about people who piloted these large machines that were in the shape of various animals. Like a cobra or a scorpion. Mm. Um, the popular ones were ligers. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just like to be able to pilot a huge machine that looks like a liger. Like that, it would be cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Sounds close to or similar to animorphs. <laughs> Be a reason for that, yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, awesome. I, I actually just thought up another, um, another uh, game world that I actually wouldn't mind living in. What's that? It's extremely fucked up, but um, it uh, the uh, uh the Jack and Daxter world. Ooh, that wouldn't be too bad. Okay. What about Ratchet and Clank? That wouldn't be a bad one either. I had to add one more. It would be a game called Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. Yes. Oh, yes. fuck. I heard Definitely. that was a really good game. You need to play a truth. It's fucking beautiful. Fucking oh, great. yeah, dude. It's amazing. However, I believe that, if I'm not mistaken, concludes our community questions. That it does. Next up, we have our music picks for the playlist. Don't start with me, please. <laughs> you gotta stop putting yourself first on the list. <laughs> Dude, okay, it's it's I just it's just in there like that. Leave me alone, okay? Alright. Let's pick on Kai for once. Kai, what did you what did you pick? Alright, for one, the bad story behind me picking these ones, they were literally the first ones I saw on my playlist. That's all about it. Alright. Wow, fucked up, dude. That's fucked up. 
I put a lot of thought into mine, and here you are just throwing shit into a pot into our playlist. Wow, man. Wow. Oh, another bad story to the bad story. Everything on my playlist is music that I like. So, they're suck at truth, good songs. What he's saying. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. First one. Um, by a band that is, you know, uh, not a lot of people liked, at least when I was well, when I was back in high school. It's Bowling for Soup, and their song, Almost. Yeah. I like them. I always have. So, suck it to all the haters. Yeah. Second one is Ultranum by uh, uh, Blue Stolly. So, still, good song. Nice. Elemist, would you like to walk us through your picks? Yeah, sure. Uh, so this first song, um, it's by the Foo Fighters, and it, it essentially, I was in kind of a dark place, and this song helped lighten my mood. Mm-hmm. It helped me get through some of the challenges that I was having. Uh, and the song is These Days. Okay, and yeah. for my for my second choice, um, this is actually because of an episode of a TV series that I watched that just recently ended after 15 seasons. Um, the show is called Supernatural. And there is a episode in the third season where it is literally Groundhog's Day. Um, one of the main characters is caught in a time loop and the loop resets whenever his brother dies. Wow. At the beginning of each loop, Heat of the Moment by Asia plays. Mm-hmm. So, he wakes up on a Tuesday to heat of the moment and that's usually like less than a minute after he just watched his brother die it's it, like the first half of the episode is actually comedy oh, okay just cause of like how a lot of the stupid ways that Dean dies yeah like plugging in a electric razor and getting electrocuted (laughs) or eating tacos that are you know poisonous I suppose yeah 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 very good for myself um I I have two songs from the same artist. Um, Most of his songs are pretty, shall I say, controversial. Uh, Don't at me. I don't care about his political views. I don't give a shit (laughs) at all. Uh, It was just a couple of songs that I felt in the moment. Um, But a song called I Wish by Tom McDonald. Um, Let's see. It really explores self you know, cast political views and bullshit like that aside. It really just kind of 
connected with me with an emotional journey that I've gone through within my own life. Um, you know, struggling with drugs for a long time, trying to discover who I was as a person, not really knowing or having confidence in myself. Always saying, you know, I, I wish I wasn't small. I wish I could be bigger and stronger. I wish I could be smart. I wish I knew who I was. I wish I knew who my dad was and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Fast forward to now. I'm confident in all those things now. But, um, you know, that was a big part of my life. You know, spending a lot of time asking myself, I wish. Or, you know, it, it was just a big part of my life. So that song had a good impact on me. Uh, the second song is called Cancer, also by Tom McDonald. And um, Cancer does run in my family. I'm actually wearing a sweater right now for our listeners. And you'll see a Cancer ribbon. And if I turn around, I showed Truth this earlier. Uh, Excuse me. You'll see a, a symbol on the back of the sweater. I also have that same symbol tattooed on the inside of my left bicep um and i also mentioned that on the weekend just passed we actually just finished celebrating a life of a fallen friend from cancer my grandmother has had cancer twice whenever my mom was young um so i'm quite aware that cancer runs in the family and i fucking smoke cigarettes and i did drugs and all this shit so you know cancer is a very heavy thing for me, it's very heavy. And that song just resonated with me and uh, my history of who I am as a person and thinking about my family and where I come from. Um, the first thing that he says when he opens it up is we all know someone who's been affected by it, basically. And uh, it's so true. It's so true. Very true. So, yeah. anyways, I I just picked two songs that actually meant something um, and resonated with me through the week. Yeah. Awesome, man. Truth, do you want to possibly take your turn any day soon? Sure, sure. <laughs> All right. Okay, these really weren't picked for anything special. I just was giving Kai a hard time. But um, <laughs> no, these are some really good songs. There's, some of these are classics. Some of these are stuff you may not have heard or whatever. But um, first up, I picked uh, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. It's a classic song. If you haven't heard that, I don't know where the hell you're living. Um, <laughs> uh, probably Under the Rock with you. Fuck you, Kai. You don't get the input on this, okay? Um, <laughs> my second pick was Demons Are a Girl's Best Friend by Powerwolf. It's another good song. Really good or, song. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's a really good song. Have you ever heard it? Oh, no, I'm song. just teasing you, buddy. Powerwolf's got a really good like sound to their music. It's really good. Nice. And then my final pick, I picked three this week, which is unusual for me. But um, After the Heartache by Dark Horse. It's a really okay. good song. Really good song. Dark House? Horse? I, or, I, don't, house? Know. I don't know exactly how you'd pronounce that. I think Dark it's House. house. It's either house or hoss. For the listener out there, it's dark H A U S. I believe it's hoss, but I didn't hear. Take that as you I will. Can... Let's just see this. Let's just do this. Boom. I'm gonna take it in Google. Dark hoss is found. Okay, let's see what they um, give you a pronunciation. No, they don't. Okay, thank you. That's that's super helpful. Thank you, Google. Divine. <laughs> 
Or how about pronouns? I I would think it would be dark house. Like well, I mean, they, they, you never know, honestly. Um, I'll look at that. dictionary.com. Give me one second. I'm just kidding. Well, thanks. <laughs> never mind. This is not what I wanted. It took me to dictionary.com and it told me how to pronounce the word dark. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> that was fucking wonderful. Oh, the internet is a wonderful place. <laughs> dark. <laughs> it, oh, the, what the, the internet is for porn, not much else. Oh, shit. To be lacking of luminant or ambient light. Perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to look it up, but it's not. This, Google has no help for me. Okay, all right. We're good. I'm done. I attempted it. Fuck it. We're done. <laughs> we're done. Oh, shit. Oh, that was fun. Well. Elmist? Where can the lovely people find you? You can find my podcast on uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, most third-party podcatchers, and that's Guardians of Lore. Uh, you can reach out to me specifically on Twitter at I underscore am underscore Elemist. Uh, you can also email the podcast at gar- yeah, guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. I man that. Um, you could also reach out to Orchid uh, at Guardians underscore Lore at uh, on Twitter, and most of the time she'll send it to me if it's an actual like question that she can't answer. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, my name is Sweaty Spooks. That ends with a Z or a Z, as in zebra, not an S. You can find me anywhere and everywhere on all the places, all the socials um, that I could possibly think of, from Instagram to TikTok to fucking Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, all that bullshit. Except I don't even look at Facebook anymore, so probably don't even bother with that one. <laughs> oh, and Twitter, of course, obviously. Probably easiest place to reach me. Oh, and Discord. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, don't know the four digit number. I'm not bringing it up right now. If you want to reach me, you can contact me, uh, sweaty spooks, ttv at yahoo.com. Uh, you can reach me at Twitter or my Instagram. And those are probably the easiest places to get a hold of me. Now, I do have a Twitch page, I've not been streaming in the past little while. Uh, hoping to get back into it, but not making any promises just because, well, I'm a dad, life happens, and there are more important things in the world than streaming all the fucking time. Believe it or not. <clears throat> but yeah, that's where you can find me. Good old sweaty spooks. Quick question. Did you say ass or S? Ends with an to... S. No, does okay. not end with an S as in okay. Sarah. I'm just making sure because it sounded like you said ass for a second. There. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, we, know which, we know what's on uh, Truth's mind. Shut the fuck up, Kai. 
For the completely <laughs> illiterate out there, <clears throat> truth, that's S-W-E-A-T-Y-S-P-O-O-K-Z as in zebra. Real quick on the other thing for the Discord, you can contact us inside of our actual public domain Discord. It's linked in our show notes every episode. Hey, hey, hey. So, Kai? All right. Well, you did. Uh, easiest places to reach me is honestly going to be to, oh, my Discord. It's the only social that I really use. It's going to be uh, TFB King Kai, uh, hashtag 8276. Uh, aside from that, it'll be over on Edspots, which is TFB King Kai. And also on uh, PlayStation 4, which is uh, TFB Curious. Well, underscore Curious. That's right. They don't do spaces over there, do they? Nope. Fucking jackasses. Hey, yep. You can also find me on Steam and Xbox as well. Underscore Spooks. I digress. On to you, Truth. You have any more, Kai, before we move on? <laughs> Dude. I've done more podcasts with you than oh, than with Sweaty, and Sweaty already realizes I only have like three. Yeah, shut up, leave me alone. Keep, okay, I'm just you asking. Keep, you keep asking if I have more whenever I and I always say no, I do not, bro. You should get Twitter. <laughs> uh, I do have one. I just don't use it. And oh, I don't then the what login. the fuck, man? Yeah, it's kind of like remember Facebook. The, I don't remember the login to my Facebook either. I just use Twitter just for the mostly streaming and uh, podcast stuff, obviously. But yeah, don't don't don't, don't worry. Other, Kai. I don't use other socials, so yeah. Don't worry, Kai. I've got the login credentials for your Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you probably would actually. <laughs> probably. Either way, uh... even then, I still wouldn't use it. <laughs> uh... Anyway, this is Truth Lives. Uh, you can find me anywhere as uh, capital T, capital L, one for an I, Truth Lives on Twitter. No Facebook, but TikTok, Instagram, uh, twitch.tv slash Truth Lives. I haven't also not been streaming in a while, but there's that as well. And then my Discord is Truth Lives, hashtag 4409. So feel free to do that as well. Yeah. That's all I got. You, Truth. <clears throat> fuck you sweat fuck, fuck you. you fuck you you bull neck fucking hippo chonky ass motherfucker fuck me <laughs> you just want to be included huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> shit that was go to your house bad. and slam your cupboard see how you fucking like it fuck you too oh, sl- oh slam my cupboards please fucking go to your house and fucking put hair down your drain and see how you enjoy a clog sink oh fuck that that sucks that sucks ass that is disgusting to want to do (laughs) fuck that shit I love it when you talk dirty (laughs) whoa Whoa. this guy (laughs) calm down put it back in your pants please who says I'm wearing pants? What pants? <laughs> <laughs> uh.
Truth is outnumbered by the pantless. I'll have you know, mister, that I am indeed wearing shorts. <laughs> it, it, um, I'm a little disappointed there, bud. Why? Gotcha, Earth. We're all disappointed. What? What? You don't wanna you don't wanna see shit? I mean sorry. I didn't mean to leave that out there. Playing with a zipper. Oh yeah. Exclusive. Oh, there we go. Sorry. I accidentally pulled my dick out. Sorry. <clears throat> it was so neon white. <laughs> hey, girl, I didn't even see anything. It never sees the sun. What do you want? <laughs> 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 All it's used for is enter the cave. Truth, I don't have a microscope, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I just heard my wife in the back and go, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, it was worth it. That was fun. Wow, this has devolved so quick. <laughs> this is what happened. We went from closing to dick jokes just like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. For the audio recording, we do have a certain way that we like to do uh, closing out. Um, basically, it'll be pretty straightforward when we start. You will be last, Elemist, and... Uh, just say your name when we get to you. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode and being patient enough to wait for this episode to come out. This has been Sweaty Spooks. Somebody. This has been Teen Chai. Truth lives. Elemist. And Gigi's Guardians. We'll see you in the wild. See you out there, brothers. Night, guys. Take care. Big Dick Energy, the Manti Slider. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs>